<laughs> this week on the Get Ranked Movie Podcast, the guys rank their top ten personal favorite horror films. Spooky, scary skeletons and What's your favorite scary movie? Shrieking skulls will shock your Here's Johnny! Night. Spooky, scary skeletons Have the lamb stopped screaming? Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another spooky episode, or the first spooky the first episode. Spooky episode, yeah, it's not That's another right. spooky of episode. The, of the Get Ranked Movie Podcast, the show where we take a pop culture topic each week and we rank our personal top ten or whatever that ranking should be that week. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me, as always, is the other host, Cody, the one who's this- so excited about this whole month of theme. Oh, you should be. It's going to be so much fun. It's always fun when we have like a month based on one thing. So as you heard at the top of the episode, this month or this week starts, this episode starts our Halloween Horror Month. We we decided to do uh, an entire month that revolves around spooky uh, topics, spooky, you know, horror films. skeletons. Or, ooh, there's your opening song. <laughs> um, topics that have to do with Halloween or horror films or just spookiness in general. Uh so hopefully you all enjoy that. I know I'm really excited about it. Cody isn't, but he'll get used to it because I think it's going to be fun regardless doing a whole month of just kind of Halloween stuff. Kind of get you in the mood for Halloween, you know. Um, we could have easily have done a Joker thing this weekend, but I feel like we've done a lot of Batman. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've <laughs> so, beat Batman to death. Like so I think it's it's only... That's right. No, that would be Robin, the Joker beating Robin to death. Yeah. Um, but no, but I feel like it would just be fun to do, because I'm sure when December comes, we'll do a big Christmas month, which I think will be fun. But I just think it'd be fun to do a whole month of of Halloween or, you know, spooky theme stuff. Halloween's really in right now more than ever, the holiday. And uh, I just think it'll be fun. So as you heard at the beginning this week, Cody and I are looking at our top 10 favorite horror films. And as opposed to some other weeks where... Uh, we may be looking at it as so like last week, for example, had a little bit of our favorite picks in it, but it was what Cody and I kind of consider what we think the best comedies of the 90s. This week is hands down our personal opinion on what is our favorite horror films, not what yep. we think might be the number one greatest horror film of all time. Spoiler alert. The Exorcist is not on my list. Bring out the torches and pitchforks. I'm, you know, but it is what it is. I just, it's not on my list where I know a lot of lists have it at like top two. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's, it's our personal favorite. What we specifically like as our favorite horror films. So just to preface that before we actually get to the lists, Uh, Cody, you have anything else to say about the topic before we do some news? Uh, Nothing else on the topic here. Okay, uh, so uh, some news I want to talk about. We're, we're kind of going to do something different with our Halloween Horror Month. It may have happened already in this episode. I, I'm leaving that up to Cody to decide when he wants to do it. Uh, but during the Halloween Horror Month episodes, so all the episodes that are com- going to come out having to do with this month, with October, uh, there will be jump scares throughout our episodes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Uh, chances are it is the stinger from the movie Halloween that plays anytime Michael Myers appears. Uh, like I said, chances are you might have heard it already or you just heard it because I brought it up. Uh, but just to kind of keep the mood fun uh, and and horror themed and Halloween themed, we thought it would be fun to kind of keep our listeners on their toes. And I'm sorry, you know, everybody. Maybe you're on your morning commute. Just don't, you know, put yourself into a tree. 
Um, we just thought it would be kind of fun to throw in some jump scares here or there. Not too many, maybe one or two per episode. We're not going to bog you down so you're constantly wondering when the jump scare is going to come. It's, you know, maybe going to be just one or two per episode, just for fun. We'll be tame. Yeah, we'll be tame. Tamer <laughs> than some of the movies on our lists. Exactly, exactly. Um, but before we get, like I said, into our list, um, news-wise, probably the big news uh, that we should talk about right off the bat, because we talked about the beginning of this news a few weeks ago maybe about a month ago now uh is that spider-man's back <laughs> yeah i our, I our national have... nightmare is over i don't know i i'm i'm having mixed feelings about it i was kind of getting used to the idea of a non-avengers spider-man movie i was kind of getting excited for a non-avengers spider-man movie me too as we talked a few weeks ago when it came out that marvel and sony had not reached a deal i was all for it because as you've heard when we reviewed it and when we've talked about it i wasn't the biggest fan of spider-man far from home because I felt like it was too bogged down, like you said, by a lot of the Avengers MCU plot line, you know, mm-hmm. that I felt like I, I wanted more of just a Spider-Man story. And I felt like that that didn't give it to me. So I was all I was getting excited for just a, another new Spider-Man universe that's in New York City, you know, where he should be doing Spider-Man stuff, you know, only focusing on just Spider-Man stuff. So I was kind of bummed hearing that he's back. You know, I, I, I was getting excited. Um I will say I am eager because of the way they ended Far From Home to at least see what they're going to do because yeah, it's only one more. They can have their idea. They can have they can do their the whole what the plan was. Yeah, because apparently the deal only includes the net Spider-Man three basically, which comes out on my birthday in a couple of years, <laughs> uh, and it includes one appearance in another Marvel film. So I think that would be like another Avengers or whatever the next like another big Captain team up movie is going to be. But basically, oh, oh, as far as we oh. know. It could be, yeah. We're only going to get like one more Spider-Man movie, and then he'll probably go back to Sony. But it also included in the deal that he could continue to pop up in Sony's Spider-Man universe. So he could possibly pop up Tom Holland in Venom. You know, okay. Uh, I didn't. Morbius. I didn't read all those details. Yeah, yeah. That he that he could the the guy from Sony or whoever the president of Sony when he was talking about the deal, pretty much said that it it, it you know he it also left room for him to be involved in Sony's extended spider-man universe okay uh, so i'm excited for that you know uh, you know would i have rather have had just a new spider-man series in in sony's universe yes but uh to see how they kind of finish off their spider-man storyline sure that's fine yeah, and i'm still wondering about the spider-verse whole the whole spider-verse theory with you know being the end at the end of far from home and with the whole spider-verse universe being actively like attacked right or actively developed right now i mean i i would think that's a possibility too maybe right i would hope so that'd be cool um i know they just announced today that the guy that directed uh the first two spider-mans john watts he's coming back to do it for sure he signed on today official for spider-man 3 whatever it should be called um i still think spider-man homeless would be fun (laughs) But not now. <laughs> but no, right. like I said, I'm excited to see just kind of... I, I just rewatched Spider-Man Far From Home last week, and I still have the same issues I had with it when I first saw it. But I was... Uh, at that time, I didn't know that it, you know the deal hadn't come out, that they'd finished it. So at that point, when I watched it last week, I still thought that was it. And there was a little bit of like, ah, uh, you know, I would... You know, how he ends it, you know, with the world finding out. Spoiler, it's been out since July. I don't care. The world finding out Peter Parker is Spider-Man, mm-hmm. that... 
I remember sitting there in my chair thinking, ah, you know, I kind of would have been interested to see what implications that would have. So I am a little excited that I am going to get that, I guess. Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And I, I mean, I just like, I I just like the the whole character of J. Jonah Jameson. So I'm hoping we get more of him too in the new Spider-Man. Oh, we've got to. Now that they set him up and we get J.K. Simmons back, oh, I, I pray we get more of him. Yeah. Now it's just a matter of, who will be the villain? <laughs> I, I would love. I, I would love. That'd be cool. I would love to see the MCU version of Doc Ock. Okay. And I don't mean that to disparage because we've all heard um, Spider-Man Two with uh, Tobey Maguire one's my favorite Spider-Man movie. Um, but I just would love to see. You know, I, I love Doc Ock the character, so I just think it'd be cool to see Doc Ock again. Well, and I feel like, I mean, with the other two movies. Uh, they really took on villains that haven't had their own movie yet. It seems. Yeah, no, it'll like, no, it's it'll probably Vulture be. Vulture did not have his own enemy movie. Mysterio hasn't been in a movie yet, so I mean, I don't know the Spider-Man Rogues Gallery, so I mean, I it could be anyone. Or if, I I don't think I want to see another Green Goblin. I I would be interested to see a Doc Ock. I love the way they did Doc Ock in uh, Spider Verse. That was a twist I didn't expect. No, me neither. Um, it was cool, but it was. But I'm excited to see again another another new villain that has. Yeah, had no, the I, super... I think it'd be kind of cool if they did the Rhino. I know we got a like a little bit of the Rhino with Paul Giamatti and Amazing Spider-Man too. And to be honest, he is the best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. I, he's my favorite part. Uh, but I'd like to see them do the Rhino like from the comics. This big guy that's trapped in this suit that enhances his abilities. Like that'd be really cool. Uh, they've done Electro. Um, they could do Shocker. They kind of set they up They kind of touched on him, yeah. You know, they kind of touched on Shocker, which would be kind of cool to do. Uh, Shocker's always been one of my favorites because he's just a scumbag. Um, I think it'd be really cool if they did the Scorpion, which, again, they've set up the Scorpion, too, in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. They set him up in uh, in that one, especially at the end when he's talking to Michael Keaton in the prison, tell me you, you know who Spider-Man is. So they easily could do, like... Oh, that's who they, that was, they, was Scorpion? Yeah, yeah, that, that's supposed to be Scorpion. It's Max uh, Max Gagan, I think the character's name is. But um, he has a big Scorpion tattoo on his neck, if you notice in that movie. Okay. So it would be kind of cool if they did the Scorpion. I bet you that might be what they're going towards, because that never came back. Michael Keaton never came back. You know, they never touched on Scorpion again. So I feel like, why would you set that up and not follow through? So maybe their thought was, that would be the third movie when we get to it. Let's take him out of New York, do a kind of a standalone thing overseas with Mysterio and whatnot. And then when we do our third one, we'll bring it back to New York and that's when we'll have maybe Keaton back and we'll introduce Scorpion, which would be cool. Right. And I wouldn't mind another Kingpin anyway, or Sinister Six or Sinister Six or Sinister Six. Yeah. All of them, you know, that would be really cool. But so, anywho. Yeah. And then another news uh, thing I want to talk about uh, because it is Halloween horror month. I want to maybe touch on some, some horror type news and we're going to go a little different than usual. We're going to talk about a video game. Mm -hmm. So a video game came out for the switch last week that I've been playing for like three years now called dead by daylight. And And I've been playing for about four days now. (laughs) It has been one of my favorite (laughs) games of all time. I love horror films. So basically playing a horror film in real life is so much fun. Those of you don't know, it's, it's a multiplayer game where four survivors, go against one killer and you have to try to survive and escape the arena that you're placed in basically. And, uh, it's been out on PC first and then it came out on Xbox and PS4, which is what I played on PS4 a couple years ago. I've been playing it, played the hell out of it. love it. And it just finally came out for the Nintendo switch last week. And I got, uh, uh Cody bought it. I didn't ask yeah. Cody to buy it. He just bought it on his own, which is awesome. So I didn't have to beg him to buy it to get someone to play with. 
And uh, Cody, what do lo- you think? Of, what do you think of Dead by Daylight? I, I see. I've always been a fan. I lo- I'm a fan of the asynchronous multiplayer. I remember. I mean, even back in the day, like going on, you know, four against one multiplayer. I remember. Yeah. Long time ago on the GameCube, there was a Pac-Man versus where four players controlled oh, the ghosts right. and one person controlled Pac-Man. That was a that fun was awesome. multiplayer game. And then, like going on to the 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 Friday the Thirteenth game that's been out for Which a few years now. We played, yeah. You and I played right when it came out. Uh-huh. I played it a lot longer, but you, I remember you played that and you enjoyed it. Yeah, and um. Which is funny because you hate horror movies. So for you to play Dead by Daylight, it was really funny mm-hmm. to me that you you play it and, I, and you enjoyed it. I believe. Right? And my heart was pounding like a drum. <laughs> was it? Oh yeah. I, I didn't get a, I didn't get a chance to ask you what you thought like as you were playing it. Like I know we were laughing and having fun playing it, but I didn't know I didn't get a chance to ask you like what was your experience of it's, finally playing Dead by Daylight. It's stressful. It, it is definitely stressful to not know. You know. I, I like it. I like the controls, and I like how the the survivors are in the third person or sur- yes. whatever they survivors yes. players, um, to where you have like a bigger field of view and can see everything around you and look around. Yep. And you know it balances killer, out by killer putting killer in first person, right? Yeah. Yep. But, um, I I I definitely enjoy the game. Uh, it's yeah. I I've always liked the Acer and Kinner multiplayers, and um, I, I've I've been a fan of some. Some horror games. I mean, I love the Left 4 Dead games. Um, That's true. Those are a fantastic and multiplayer co-op game. You can play as Bill on Dead by Daylight. Yeah, you know. But well, there are some really fun moments in Dead by Daylight that really do get like like even me. I've been I've played this game too many hours to count mm-hmm. <laughs> since I got it in 2000. I think 17 fall 2017 is when it came out for PS4. I think I've been playing it since it came out for the PS4 even to now. Uh, there are moments even now that still get my heart racing to where, okay, the exit gates are powered and I have a chance to escape, but you have to go and open the gate first. That's when my heart starts to beat because you, you're hoping, watching that little bar fill up, hurry up and open, 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 open before the killer gets to you. You know, and there are some really good, fun, tense moments, especially when you're being chased and that music kicks in, you know, but... But the game also has so many good moments for fun because it's, you know, who's the killer going to be? Some killers are more fun to go against than others. You know, you got your chance to go against the one I hate, uh, Michael Myers, because he's so hard to go against because you don't hear him coming. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy you enjoyed it. I just wanted to bring that up because it's something different, a video game to talk about for once. Yeah. Okay. Cody, do you have any more news or anything you want to talk about before we dig into this bitch? I don't think i have anything else to add i've i've been in the woods for three days and i got i got actually i gotta laugh because i i went camping with a group of friends that i mean i know they're movie people but i didn't realize what their how there's some how some of their senses of humor so we're you know wandering through the woods and two people decide to that they've had enough of the hike and they decide to turn back and as soon as they're out of uh trap no as soon as they're out of uh earshot one of the other people and they're the ones that get killed by the serial killer. It's like, that's great. So I'm not oh, yeah. splitting up from the big group anymore. <laughs> nope. 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 You don't want to split up. And that's you how don't that turned into a four-hour hike. Yep. You don't want to go off on your own. Yeah, that's never a good idea. And I've been at a haunted house all weekend. So, yeah, it's been a busy weekend for me. I, I, it's the one bad thing about Dead by Daylight coming out last week is we only got to play the one night. Really? Yeah. I, I played it a little bit uh, Wednesday night. I, I actually played it in tablet mode. Which I oh. thought would be difficult because I, I'm not, I don't, you know, the, it, the holding it's different, obviously. When I had the controllers for the Switch and the dock, or not the dock, but the, the controller dock, you know, 
it's a lot like using like a PlayStation controller, but having it playing it in tablet mode where it's wide apart was a little different, but I escaped every time. I still had fun. So, you know, but uh, yeah. Okay. So with all that out of the way, let's dig into our main topic for the week. As we said at the top of the episode, this is the beginning of our Halloween horror month where each week we're going to focus on our topic is going to be focused on something horror movie related or Halloween themed or the Halloween series related, which you'll find out later this month. Um, and maybe some other series we might do. Uh, but we have a big month planned. It's going to be really spooky. There are going to be jump scares galore. Lots of fun. Spooky sound effects. Spooky music. I'm excited for it. And as we said, the top this week's ep- uh, episode is top 10. Cody and I's top 10 favorite horror films of all time. And as I said before, just to make sure everyone knows, and I reiterate, this is our personal favorite top 10s. This is not our usual where we are listing what we think is the best of all time. It's not that. This is Cody and I's personal choice of our favorite top 10 horror films of all time. Yep. Um, just so there's no, well, how come that's not on there? Because it's not. <laughs> and we'll get um, that. Those, exactly. Oh, I'm sure. And for those of you who don't know how this list works, here's how it works. Each week, Cody and I pick a topic based off something in pop culture, movies, television, books, video games. Then we take that topic and we both go our separate ways and we create our own personal list based off that topic. Then we come back to the show and we tell our top tens to each other, laugh, cry, argue. Huddle in the get, corner in the fetal huddle, position. I was just going to say, get scared and, and jump out of our seats. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So, Cody, are you ready? I think so. I have on my list here that you go first this week. All right. So let's start out with a great big cheat. <laughs> well, that's always a good start. <laughs> no, I'm. Yes, it is. I mean, I I I would consider this a horror movie, um, mm-hmm. horror comedy. So that's fine, I guess. I, I I get. I I'm I'm trying to to bring some levity into this whole thing and not have total, you know, full on horror. Because I mean, yes, it's a horror movie, but yes, it's a comedy. My number ten is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> okay. Not on my list. Mine's predominantly only horror. I will say that I have a couple that are horror comedy, but we'll get to them in a minute. There, I have a couple on mine, too, that do have some definite comedy overtones, so that's fine. Yeah, to, This to, one, I would argue, is definitely much more comedy than horror, it, but the whole really point is. of the movie is a play on horror films. So it, it's a play fine. on horror films. It's the the teens that go out to the to the lake, and there's a murderous pair of hillbillies what did did we just talk about this for it was mentioned on yeah i i I don't think it was on either of our lists sure because i feel like we talked about it for a while you know i'm not hmm oh well you keep talking i'll look it up i mean yeah no we had how are you looking it up you don't save your oh you have your book um but no uh tuck dale and tucker tucker and dale versus evil uh it's two two rednecks that are going to fix up their cabin in the woods and they are mistaken as serial killers because so many awful coincidences just happen to happen around this group of teenagers that is visiting the lake as well and it it's all because they're all like telling each other ghost stories about this massacre that hand, happened years ago and it it's it's just funny that, you know, all these kids just keep dying around us. <laughs> um, and I, I always remember, I think probably my favorite scene in this movie is when, uh, 
Tyler Labine's character, uh, camera if he's Dale or Tucker, honestly, uh, <laughs> Dale, Dale is basically fighting a swarm of bees off with a chainsaw and running through the woods and they think they're chasing. That's, that he- that's, that's Alan Tudyk. Is that Alan Tudyk? Yeah, that's Alan Tudyk doing that part. Okay, because that's my because that's my favorite part of the movie when he's running with the chainsaw, screaming, screaming, trying to trying <laughs> he's to get cutting away the, from log. the bees. Yeah, and no, they think that he they're going that he's going Texas Chainsaw Massacre on them. I think I just got <laughs> confused because in the on the box art, uh, yeah, it's Tyler Bean's character is holding the chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's Alan Tudyk. Um, and I mean it's just it's just funny. It's and it's yeah, it's totally a play on the horror movies because. That's what happens is that it's a bunch of teenagers out in the woods and they get, you know, murdered and killed for for just being there. Mm-hmm. So, not much more to say on Tucker and Dale. Anything do you need want to add, Nick? No, he brought up my favorite part, which is the part with the bees. The bees. It's just funny. It's a good funny movie. It's a good it's a good parody of horror films the and kid falling the tropes. Into a wood chipper. Yeah. And and the kid, these kids just keep jumping into my wood chipper. Um, no, just 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 it's a really good play on a lot of the tropes that a lot of the movies that are going to be on our list the rest of the episode uh, started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, I like that movie. Um, right. Okay, so moving on to my number ten is a movie that I've talked about a lot. It's one we're going to talk about a lot in a few weeks because we're going to do something special with it. But I have it at number ten because it's brand new. My number ten is Halloween from last year, 2018's Halloween. Um, with how many times I've seen it, I could have put it lower, but I just feel like with it being so new, I didn't want to do that. So that's why I put it at number 10. Um, But I was very happy that a movie come along, a brand new movie that instantly made like my top 10 list. Cause I absolutely love last year's Halloween, Um, which is fun because I've seen a lot of reviews that like just completely just like bash the movie here and there. And it's like, I don't understand why. I mean, there is, I'm not going to spoil anything because Cody and I, we've talked about it already. We're going to do a movie commentary on it. So I don't really want to spoil anything, but I know there's a big plot twist that does happen about 70% way through the movie that divides a lot of people. And in the theater, I remember thinking, if this goes the way I'm thinking, I'm not going to like it at all, but it didn't. So I didn't mind it at all and actually enjoyed kind of the reason why that plot twist happened. Um, but other than that, I think it's a really good, well-done sequel to the original Halloween. Now, are uh, a lot David, of people mad that it is a sequel to the first one and kind of eliminates all the others in between? There definitely was some of that in negative reviews. When when I would see reviews that were negative, that definitely were uh, some of the things I saw that were negative. Were people mad because, well, that's just stupid. They could have easily have connected this, or they could have done this and connected it where... That's true. They could have done this and still had it connected to the other ones and have her still be brother and sister with him. But that doesn't bother me because I'm able to look at the other ones as what they are. Like, I love Halloween 2, the original. I love Halloween 4, 5, and 6. I just, it's basically the Halloween series has become choose your own, choose your own adventure. Okay. You know, in terms of how you want to watch them. So if I sit down one day and say I'm going to watch some Halloween this this today, it's a nice day for a nice fall day. It's my choice of whether or not do I want to throw in Halloween four and watch the Thorn trilogy with four five and six. Cool. Great. Do I want to watch the original Jamie Lee Curtis storyline, which would be Halloween, Halloween two, H2O? Sure. Do I want to watch the new section, Halloween and Halloween 2018? You know, it's just a choose your own adventure. Do but... you want to watch Rob Zombies? No. No, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, but no, I just I really liked it. So I, I'm not one of the people that went against it. But all, this movie also did get some did get really good reception and reviews from a lot of people, which I was happy about. because I think it's filmed 
really well. There are some fantastic shots in this movie. Uh, I think it's written really well. David Gordon Green and Danny McBride wrote it, uh, which is incredible to me, which I, I laugh every week. I'm watching The Righteous Gemstones and Danny McBride says something really stupid. I think that's the guy who wrote Halloween. Um, but I really, really like it. I think Michael Myers is scary again after some movies where he wasn't. I think uh, James Courtney, who plays him in this, is phenomenal at capturing exactly what made Michael Myers scary. This character who's in the background stalking you and who is a complete force of nature. Uh, Michael Myers does some shit in this movie, Cody, that like I remember thinking in theater like, oh, that's gnarly. And that's exactly what I want out of Michael Myers. Scary Michael Myers again. They, they truly made Michael Myers. The boogeyman again, or okay. the shape again, you know, where four, five, and six started to try to make him a little more human to where there's, you know, he's being controlled by a cult, which, yes, when you watch these, you'll see he's being controlled by a cult in those ones. And Rob Zombies tried to make him too human by giving him a backstory. You don't need that. The scariness of Michael Myers is that he is the boogeyman. And I feel like the new one really got back to that. And uh, there's a really fun tracking shot in this movie where he's literally just stalking this neighborhood on Halloween. And it is, pardon my French fucking awesome um the score is awesome again i'd say awesome a lot but john carpenter come back to do the score and it's it's really good i was just about to ask if john carpenter had anything to do with anything besides the first one really um he wrote the second one too okay he didn't direct it but he was contracted he come back and wrote halloween 2 and then he also produced uh halloween 3 but then once that flopped he sold the rights and said do whatever you want to do the new one was the first one that he came back to help do. He produced it. He had some ideas and some help with writing it. He's not credited writing it because he didn't write it, but he had you know input, and he come back and did the score. So like he was heavily involved with this one as opposed to the others, and he's coming back and he's going to be same involvement with uh, kills and ends too. Okay. Um, but no, I really like Halloween 2018. I'm excited for you to watch it, Cody, and see what you think. I just I really really enjoy it. So yeah, I know Cody doesn't have anything to say because he hasn't seen it. Nope. That's so my correct. number ten. Halloween from 2018. We'll call it we'll call it Hollow Green because it was directed by David Gordon Green. All right. Moving down to my number 10 is a movie from I want to say 2016 or 2015. Uh, it won an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. Well deserved because horror films don't win awards. So my number nine is Get Out. Uh Cody, you need to watch this one, too. I do. Um, so Get Out, for those of you who don't know, is written and directed by Jordan Peele of Key and Peele fame. So when I heard he was making a horror film, I remember thinking, like, really? The guy from Mad TV and Key and Peele? But then I remembered how many sketches they did on Key and Peele that were horror-themed. And I thought, okay, that must have been him wanting to do those. There were some really good, like, horror-creepy-themed sketches on Key and Peele. So when I saw the first trailer, it really gave nothing away. You knew it was going to have to do with race somehow. Um, but I really, the plot was really kept under under wraps. You knew that this guy, just this African-American guy, just started dating this white woman and hadn't introduced hadn't been introduced to her parents. And the movie was about him going home to her house, her family home, to meet her parents and some strange goings-on that happens. And I'm going to spoil... And as we, we say every week, everybody, we're spoiling the hell out of all these movies. I'm, I didn't spoil Halloween because Cody's... We're going to do that, so that one we won't. But all the rest of the movies we're going to spoil. Cody hasn't seen this, but I don't care. I have to spoil it to talk about spoil it. Spoil it. Um, but, you know, some strange stuff starts happening. And, and I remember being in a theater blown away by how good this movie was and not knowing at all uh, what 
was happening. Like Jordan Peele does such a good job of, you know, plot planting this idea and uh, layering different things that really make you think, well, maybe it could be this that's happening because their parents are really weird. It's like, there's this really cool scene where, and it's not cool. It's creepier than shit, but uh, the guy goes off to the lake to sit by the lake with his, with his girlfriend. So they're not near the house and they're having a garden party. The family is, and it cuts back to the garden party and they have like an auction going on and they're holding up a picture of the boyfriend. And you're wondering like, what are they, are they auctioning him off? And they don't tell you what's going on, but it's a really creepy sequence of like these old white people auctioning off this black guy. And you're like, what the hell is happening here? You know? And then he slowly reveals more and more to the point where you find out that they're basically body napping these people. They, they're taking these black people. And so if I win the auction, they put your consciousness in that black guy's body and you're basically controlling him. It basically, they're, they're becoming immortal. They found a way to become immortal because they just continue to move their consciousness. And it's not just black people. They make a point of saying in the movie that black is in that year, that that's why they're, they're using African-Americans because black is in. So one year it might be, uh, Mexican people might be in, so they'll do that. Or it could be Asian people or white people even, you know, it's just whatever's in, you know, it's really horrifying that like you're basically your mind's being taken over because you're you just happen to be the person, you know, that this family chose. And uh, the movie is a really good commentary on race and how race is viewed in America, you know, because the one guy picked him because he's a fast runner, you know. So it, it, it does have a really good biting commentary on race and how we look at it. And uh, um, I just really was blown away by how good the movie was. It's got some really good creepy. It's not really a jump scare movie. Like I think you really enjoy it, Cody, because it's more suspenseful and just really creepy. Yeah, it's been on on my list. Yeah, it's it's got some very good performances. Bradley Whitford's awesome as the dad in the family. He's he's good in everything, but he's really good in that part. Uh, Like I was really excited seeing that movie. Like Jordan Peele, like I can't wait to see anything else you do. And I really liked Us that he came out with this year. So yeah, Get Out. I just I really really liked it. Uh, The score is really good in that one too. Jordan Peele definitely knows what he's doing with horror, and I'm excited and happy that he won. an Oscar for it. Cause like I said, horror films do not win Oscars. So I was very happy when he won that year. Yeah. So yeah, my number nine is get out. Cody, what's your number nine? So my number nine, oh, yeah. uh, my number nine is, you know, I keep jumping back and forth on which movie in the series to actually put on my list. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, Nick kind of berated me for putting a comedic one. So I'm going to go with the first movie in the series, the evil dead. Punt. Okay. Okay. I had so Army those... of Darkness at first, but I switched it to Evil <laughs> Dead at the la- as you were talking about Get Out, actually. Okay. To go more for the horror. To go for more for the horror side of it, okay. yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, when we punt something, uh, that means I have that specific movie lower on my list, and we like to reserve our discussion for that specific movie uh, when it appears lower on our list. So we'll talk about Evil Dead in a little bit. Um, okay, so Cody, what's your number eight? My number eight is more of a, a suspense movie, and it's 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 an older one. Um, with, 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 sorry, little stutter there. So my my number eight is the Silence of the Lambs. Ooh, not on my list, but I like it. Um, so I I enjoy. So I watched I watched Monk a long time before I actually finally watched Silence <laughs> of the Lambs. 
I'm going to start out by so saying so different that, now, isn't but it? But <laughs> seeing uh, Ted Levine playing Buffalo Bill, that was mm-hmm. such a as such a creepy character locking people in their in his basement, stealing their skin. Um, and, and you said you and you said you watched Monk before you saw this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was the opposite. <laughs> so imagine how hard it was for me to get used to Ted Levine in Monk yeah. after only knowing him as Buffalo Bill. Right. Um, so, no, it's it's a wonderful horror suspenseful movie. And it's it's surrounded by the whole the, the whole framing device of, you know, what did Hannibal Lecter do? Um, I. Yeah, Buffalo Bill's there. But, yeah, definitely Hannibal Lecter is the main, I think, villain in this well, movie because he's. I always looked at Buffalo Bill as the main villain, but that Hannibal Lecter is the like villain that slowly becomes the main villain of the movie towards the end. Right. He's like that specter in the background that's constantly a threat, but for most of it, he's behind bars, so you're not thinking that until he has that awesome escape sequence. Awesome escape, and uh, you know, the guy's takes the guy's face. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I enjoyed Red Dragon and um hannibal hannibal um but not not as much as i mean yes i i mean ralph or ray fines and uh ed norton and red dragon were great and even what we get of philip seymour hoffman i feel like red dragon's much more of like a thriller uh, though yeah it's it's more of a police drama or police thriller at that point with which i think yeah with uh silence of the lambs i mean i i still can't get over how it how well uh Anthony Hopkins played that role. How calm he—he, he, I mean, he—he he plays, he reads his lines as if he's, you know, reading, reciting Shakespeare when he's talking mm-hmm. about, you know, viciously murdering and eating people. I don't. Know. And what's fun is he's not the first person to play that part. Did you know that? No, I didn't. They did a movie uh, like two or three years before that called Manhunter that was based off of Red Dragon, oh, okay. and Brian Cox played Hannibal Lecter in that. And it came and went. Uh, Michael Mann directed it. That's really the only big claim to fame for is that Michael Mann directed it. He was, you know, went on to do Collateral and a bunch of stuff um, and Heat and stuff. But no, it can kind of fizzled. So when they decided to redo, do a new thing, they just went with Anthony Hopkins and he won an Oscar for it. Right. Uh, you know, I, I had heard of Manhunter, but I didn't realize it was a Red Dragon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, I mean, I. It's one of those movies that I mean I probably shouldn't quote around certain people but i mean i quote the fava beans and a nice chianti line all the time oh yeah um and you know puts the lotion on the skin <laughs> probably more than i should as well but I, i've always i definitely think this is a horror film but i also could be the opposite and and sometimes think this movie's more of a thriller you know no, what i, I mean I, i'm like, on both i'm on both sides yeah, of that too. like i, I always thr- laugh. it's totally a thriller and a... yeah like i always laugh when i see articles that say you know silence of the lambs the only horror film to win an oscar and it's like I'll give it to it because I like the idea that a horror film won something, you know, and that's why I like that Get Out one. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Um, But I always like that Silence of the Lambs is definitely a movie you could show someone who doesn't like horror because it's it's also just more of a good police thriller. It's got some really horrific shit. Uh, You know, like you said, Hannibal Lecter is nightmare fuel, especially his escape sequence and all that stuff is really scary. Mm -hmm. It's just a good movie. It's really unsettling. Mm -hmm. It's a good book, too. I haven't read the book. <laughs> oh, but no, I don't. I don't have anything else on Silence of the Lambs. I, I do. You, do you still hear the lambs? No, they've stopped screaming. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
So, Cody's number eight was the Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I'm totally throwing in the screaming goat right there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now I'll move down to my number eight. Um, I think it's like the last of my new ones. Yeah, I kind of put all my newer ones towards the top. Honestly, not, the only one I did on purpose was Halloween. It just, the other one, these two just get out in this one kind of, it's just how it kind of ended up. But uh, my number eight is The Conjuring, the first one uh, from 2013, I think. Um, I knew who James Wan was because I, I liked, I liked the first Saw movie. I like all the Saw movies. I, I think they're all fun, but I really like the first one. I, I like Dead Silence. Uh, Death Sentence is a fun movie. So when it came out that he was doing a new horror film called The Conjuring and the news around it when it came out was that it was rated R, not for violence or, or language, but in the description for the rating because of, of terror, for sequences of terror and horror scares. Basically, it was rated R because it's too scary. <laughs> I remember that was the big news when it was coming out was like, this movie's going to scare the hell out of everybody. Like, even the trailer was really spooky, like with the clap game, you know, like mm-hmm. this is scary stuff. So I remember going into the theater and being like, all right, let's 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 see what you got. Because it takes a lot to scare me in movies now. I, I, I know where scares come. This movie scared the shit out of me. Um, It still creeps me the hell out. Like, it, it's a really well done horror film. And what I love about James Wan's style of directing now is, or not now, but just what I like about it is, yes, The Conjuring and Insidious and all these do have some jump scares. There are definitely some good jump scares in these movies, but they're done well. They're not cheap jump scares. They're they're well thought out and set up jump scares. And he has a lot of really good background scares too. A lot of moments where there's going to be shit in the background that you only catch maybe like the fourth time you watch it or so. Um, it's just really a really scary movie. Uh, like I said, I remember that that clap sequence, which was spoiled in the trailer, was still scary in the movie theater. Um, one of my favorite moments in that entire movie is when the mom is outside hanging laundry on the the line, and all of a sudden one comes off the line, and the wind takes it and blows it backwards and it it hits as if it's hitting a person like covering a person up you know in the way and then it blows away and there's no one there so it's like it hit a ghost and i remember thinking the theater like oh that's awesome what a neat idea you know um and the movie's just filled with those types of scares that are really really like stuff i hadn't seen like done before like really cool ideas i hadn't seen done before um and the cast is really good another thing i love about the conjuring movies is you know, we've talked on here before. I'm not a religious person, um, but I can enjoy a movie that really hits a lot of that stuff. Uh, like, I love movie signs because of the religious uh, subtext to it. Um, and the Conjuring movies, I think someone who's really religious, like, Cody, you're religious as hell. You probably could watch this movie and enjoy it because a lot of this movie is about religion. And the two main characters, the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine, who were based on a real couple, were very religious. And a lot of this movie is about using faith to beat what they're fighting in that movie. Uh, Lorraine Warren, they're both devout Christians. Lorraine Warren was the psychic part of the, of, of the duo. And he was the religious, he, he was an exorcist. He, okay. uh, an ordained exorcist. He's not a priest or a preacher anymore, but he's an ordained exorcist. Uh, and that's what they do. They go around and try to help families and stuff. And, you know, the movie obviously opens with the Annabelle doll. Like the first 10 minutes of the movie is, is the Annabelle sequence, which set up, you know, what we know Annabelle now, uh, the big franchise that is. Um, so just for that alone, the movie spawned its own franchise, you know, like it, it, it or, or series of franchises. You've got the Conjuring series started all, and then you've had three Annabelles. You've had a nun. You've had the Curse of La Llorona. You know, like it's just cool that like this new movie come along in 2013 and spawned a big horror franchise that I think is really cool. Have all of them been good? No. <laughs> you know, the first Annabelle sucks. 
But Annabelle uh, Creation is awesome. I watched Annabelle Comes Home last night, and that's pretty damn good, too. The Nun wasn't bad. La Llorona wasn't that great. But, you know, it's just cool that we have this new universe that was created by a new series or a, a movie that came out in 2013. Um Conjuring 2 is even really good. I didn't have it. It's not on my list, but it's another one that's really good. And that one really has to do with faith because the villain and that's the nun, you know, and that's the reason that demon took that form is to screw with Ed and Lorraine because they know it knows they're so religious. Um, but the Conjuring just for pure horror sequences and, and scares hands down is one of the scariest movies I think I've ever seen. I really like the Conjuring a lot. Cody, you should watch, you should so watch I'm, it. I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. Just uh, reading the, um, Looking at Wikipedia about it, and I actually went to the article on Ed and Lorraine Warren, which are actual yeah. people. I mean, they've passed away. Yep. Ed uh, and Lorraine Warren just died Lorraine, like earlier this year. Yeah, earlier this year. Um, but looking at it, that you know, the the movies were based on their their yep. case files. So it's, oh, absolutely. Annabelle was real, or you know, a real thing that happened. This storyline happened. The Conjuring two, that's the Enfield poltergeist was real. You know, was a real thing that happened. Right. That's what's scary about it. Now, did we talk about this on the jump scare, or was that the other movie with Patrick Wilson? Was that Insidious? Uh, I thought I was, that was Insidious. Okay. With the demon behind him, yeah. that was Insidious. Which okay. that one, Insidious definitely has more jump scares than The Conjuring does, but Insidious is a really good movie, too. That could be on, that could have been on, it's not, but if I had more slots, that would have been on there, because Insidious is damn scary, too. That was the same year, too. Yeah. Believe it or not, as The Conjuring. Like, what a good one-two punch, you know. But uh, I know The Conjuring 3 has just started filming. James Wan's not producing it, but he helped write it. Or he's not directing it, but he helped write it and produce it. So hopefully it'll be just as good, because I think the first two are, are fantastic, especially the first one. So, yeah, number eight, The Conjuring. All okay. Right. Moving down to my number seven. So uh, I like this whole series. I'm going to go with the first one. So my number seven is Scream. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, wait, we'll find out in a little bit. You will find out. (laughs) Cody, you don't have Scream on your list? You've seen Scream, haven't you? I've seen Scream. It's been a while, but it's not on my list. All right. I thought maybe this one might be. All right, so uh, my number seven is Scream. Like I said, I like this whole series. I find fun moments in all of them. Three is probably my least favorite for sure, but I really like all the movies. I I, I just enjoy them. Um, You ever get one of those words that you write and it just does not look like it's spelled right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Scream. (laughs) Anyway, go Um, ahead. But it came out in 95, and slasher films had really started dying down at that point. You know, Halloween was on, like, number six, and that wasn't well-received. Nightmare on Elm Street had New Nightmare, which wasn't that great. You know, Jason Goes to Hell, which is abysmal. So they really had started <laughs> winding down. And it wasn't until Scream came out that the slasher genre got re- uh, the shot in the arm it needed. Kevin Williamson, who wrote it, Wes Craven, the Nightmare on Elm Street guy, directed it. And it, it was such a postmodern like commentary on the slasher and horror genres, which is why I think it was so big. You know, this was one I, I was going to, I was going to say, Cody has a little bit of the comedy to it that like, you know, he's, I yeah. said, you know, yeah, Tucker and Dale scream definitely has a lot of commentary and comedy to it because it is so many, it has so many commentary. Well, moments because, on because the villain genre. is, the villain is basically kind of like imitating horror movies or exactly that that's the whole point is they're trying to make their own not make their own horror movie i mean the whole point of them killing was basically to get revenge on on sydney's you know sydney because of her mom and i mean granted matthew lillard was doing it just because it was fun right you know it was just kind of a commentary on like there are so many moments in that movie like randy is the horror geek you know like he even says you know don't say i'll be right back you know don't have sex you know if you have sex you're gonna die you know like there's there was just so much fun and that really hadn't been done in a lot of movies at that point. Um, 
where there were commentaries on the type of movie that you're currently making. And Scream kind of shot the door open for so many movies to do that. And like I said, kind of put the shot in the arm the genre needed. After this, you would get H2O, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Urban Legend. The teenage slasher genre would kind of almost be born at that point. Um, But on its own, Scream is just a really damn good slasher film. Uh, It's really fun. I think that's the, the best thing I can say about Scream is that it's a fun horror film. Uh, Are there scares? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of good scares and jump scares. But it's just a fun movie. Like, you know, and and what's fun about it is it's a whodunit. Yeah. If you haven't seen that movie, you're not going to know who it is the first time you see it, obviously. And that's fun of it because it is a murder mystery. You know, and they let you know right off the bat that it's going to be one of these people in this movie you've seen that is the killer at the end. And one of the most mind-blowing things about this movie that I don't think had ever been done before. And again, we're spoiling the hell out of this. I already kind of did already, but... One of the most mind-blowing things this movie did was that there were two killers, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the first time I saw this watching it and trying to figure out who the killer was. Like, okay, well, I th- it's got to be Billy. But then you see Billy get stabbed later, and I'm like, wait, what? Uh, okay, so it's not Billy. Okay, well, it can't be Matthew Lillard because we saw the killer while he was in the room full of people, so it can't be him. And that was the genius of this movie was that's because there's two of them. That's (laughs) because there's two of them. So they were just taking turns. You know, Matthew Lillard would be in the living room and everyone could see him when Billy was out killing. You know, it was just like what a genius idea to like kind of flip that genre on its head that like you couldn't guess who it was because it was so well written. It's directed really well. Um, The the cast, I think, is what makes the movie even better than it already is. (laughs) It's the most 90s cast I've ever seen. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Courtney Cox before she completely destroyed her face. Uh, Matthew Lillard, David, Jamie Kennedy, Skeet. David, Ar- David Arquette's really fun David in it. Skeet Ulrich, exactly. Like, it's a who's who of people you don't see anymore. Right. Um, but I, I really like Scream. I guess I really like the whole series. Scream 2, I think it's just as good as the first one. Scream 3 is okay. Scream 4, that came out a few years ago, uh, I quite enjoyed a lot. I thought it was a good commentary, that one, on, uh, like, the whole remake genre. Yeah. You know, that's the whole point of that movie. Um, which I think I dragged you to. Uh, Scream 4, if I remember yeah, correctly. The one where Neve Campbell came back. Yeah, everyone came back, which was yeah, cool. That was the big thing. Yeah, but no, I, I really like Scream. Cody, you have anything to say on Scream? No, I all, I was I was just going to bring up, yeah, that it's one of the people in the group that done it, and you just don't know who it is, but you know it's one of them. And Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's that classic, the whodunit. And that's what's, yeah, and that's what's fun about it, is you're trying to figure out who it is, and then the movie, like I said, throws you for a loop when you realize oh okay i can't figure it out because there's two (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. which doesn't feel like a cheat which is why i think that movie's written so well because any other time that could feel like a cheat where it's like oh they cheated i could never figure it out but the way this movie's written so well you don't even think that you're just thinking like oh there's two okay you know you're so invested in everything that's happening and and how twisted it is that they just start stabbing each other to make you know that they were attacked you know just so good and sick and twisted. It's just a good, fun horror film. So yeah, my number seven is Scream, or the original title, Scary Movie. Scary Movie. Okay, Cody, what's your number seven? Not to be confused with Scary Movie. Well, that's why Scary, scary Movie, movie was called. Yeah, that's what Scary Movie was called. That's because that was the original title for Scream. Kind of like Family Guy's Blue Harvest. That's right. All right. So my number seven is. It's a really messed up movie. Um, but I, I did like it. I really did. Um, so my number seven is trick or treat. Mm. Trick our treat. Trick, trick apostrophe our treat. (laughs) So not on my list, but I will tell you when we eventually do, uh, I'm just spoiling it. We eventually do a list of our favorite movies set on or around Halloween. Oh, this is on my list Mm -hmm. because I love trick or treat. It's just not on my top 10 horror. Yeah. And this movie, I, 
there are some scenes that bother me in this movie. Um, but just because... Did you watch this with me? Yeah, I watched. I think I watched it at your house. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and, like, the, the scene that always sticks with me is the bus driver tying <laughs> the kids down that's and driving so off into the quarry. It's such, it's such a messed up that... That he's he's basically being he gets paid to do it, yeah. And oh yeah. Then of course the whole, you know, the scene now I guess that's the the the, the ten years or fifty years ago or whatever. When you know they're trying to prank the girl and the kids come out as zombies essentially and start attacking the people, and she just leaves them to die as she goes up the elevator or down the elevator. Or she goes up the elevator. That I mean that whole that whole scene because there there's a place around here where it was always on my drive to work where there was a a, a turnaround like a cul de sac at the top of a hill and there was always a school bus sitting there and it's like mm-hmm. one of these days that school bus is just gonna drive down that cliff yep um but no I mean that scene always sticks with me um the scene of the principal killing the kid. <laughs> Or poisoning the kid, <laughs> yeah. killing the kid from Bad Santa. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's definitely a. It, this movie has some bothersome points to it, and then. But I, I feel like that one though, with the principal doing that, mm-hmm. that whole sequence is played for laughs. Yeah the the bus driver sequence of him driving the disabled kids into the quarry that's completely played for shock value and horror. But I feel like yes, it's horrific when the kids start spewing blood and chocolate, but. It's played for laughs because that guy's son keeps catching him, you know, trying to bury the body and stuff. You know, right. like that's what I love about Trick or Treat is as such a sick and twisted sense of humor to it, which I love. Yeah, and it's it's what five stories just all intertwined, yeah. mixed together, all you know, all surrounded by this kid in the in the the, the burlap Sam. sack, Sam. Um, he's yeah, uh, a onesie and a burlap sack over his head, and you find out that he's. He's a pumpkin head. Pumpkin head. He's, I, mean, I was going to say deformed, but yeah, he's, he's just a pumpkin head. Um, no, it's it's definitely a weird movie. But And I again, I, I remember very specific points of it. Um, I don't... It's been a while since I've seen this, but I knew this was one of the ones that I had to put on my list when we came up with this topic. Sweet. Um, and I know Nick really likes it. and I really do. Because uh, I think one, this is one of the few movies... There's another one on my list later that I think does this too, but it's one of the few movies that I think captures the spirit of Halloween and the atmosphere of Halloween night. This is like the best one. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it captures that feeling so well, you know, with the people out trick or treating and the lights and, and the, the werewolves atmosphere and the werewolves. Exactly. I love that whole twist, you know, that the, the guy you think that's preying on the girls has it flipped and no, they're preying on you because they're werewolves. Uh, and I love the fact that the uh, last story, which is my favorite, which is Brian Cox again. Well, where are the odds? We have two Brian Cox references in one episode. Uh, he play, he plays the old man that lives next door and he's mm-hmm. getting terrorized by Sam. And I love the twist at the end that, hey, that's the bus driver. Mm-hmm. And the twist when he opens the door at the end and it's the kids, the kids he drowned, getting revenge. Like It's just such a good, fun, twisted, good uh scary but really fun uh halloween movie like it's definitely one i pop in around halloween every year i love trick-or-treat mm-hmm. but so yeah. and the guy who directed it would go on and write and direct krampus so i wonder what holiday he's gonna he's gonna do next well there's an easter one coming soon no no 
Well, no, he just did. Uh, he did the Godzilla movie that came out this year. That was actually a lot of fun. So I, I like anything Mike Doltry does. I didn't know he did the Godzilla flick. Yeah, he did King of the Monsters, which was a lot of fun. Okay, I still need to watch that one too. I I don't think I've watched a Godzilla movie since Matthew Broderick. Oh God! Well, you got to watch the new one from 2014 first. Mm-hmm. It's got Walter White in it. True. I mean, so. yeah, I watch a Godzilla movie for Godzilla. I don't care about the side story, and I think that's why. It'll I... be a. I was say they'd be a little upset because Godzilla <laughs> from 2014. While I really like it, Godzilla's not in it much. That's why it got a lot of flack for that. But the new one you'll love because it's pretty much monster fighting. It's for, Godzilla like, versus Mothra. Or, I don't know. Mothra, Ghidorah, Rodan, pretty much any of the monsters you can think of. He's fighting them in the new one. Now, wasn't wasn't Pacific Rim kind of a Godzilla movie? It was the Ganji. It was the. It was the Kaiju. Kaiju, not Ganji. Kaiju. Well, it it. Everyone assumed it was in the same universe because it's it's the same company. It's legendary and I think Universal, I think, uh, that did it. So everyone assumes it's in the same universe, but it was never actually confirmed. I don't think there's any actual reference to either right. in either of the movies. But and the second yeah. one kind of bombed, so I don't think they'll make a third one yeah. and finally bring Godzilla in. I hope not because they the next one they're doing is Godzilla versus Kong, and they set that up a lot in King of the Monsters, which is cool. Okay, so we get another King Kong movie. Yeah. Maybe Peter Jackson will come help. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. But yeah, so no, I like Trick or Treat. That's cool it's on your list because I, I really like that movie a lot. All right. All right, Cody, so, what's your number six? My number six is probably the one that Nick ends the show for. Oh, God. That's not a good start. <laughs> my number number six is not just one horror. It's many horrors. It's a little shop of horrors. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it all down. Shut it all down. All right. It's got horror in the title. It's got I'll horror it in the title. <laughs> that's, my, that's my ace in the hole right there. Uh, no, it's a musical. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm sorry. But when I. Oh, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. You're not a horror fan. You had to stretch. I had to stretch. I mean, it but is. Yeah, I thought of putting it a little higher. I could probably swap it with Silence of the Lambs and Trick or Treat, move it up to nine number eight. Oh, that's uh, all good. But no, Little Shop of Horror is a musical about uh, Rick Moranis buying a plant and being obsessed with this woman with an abusive girlfriend, boyfriend, and feeding the boyfriend to the plant. And it beca- I think my favorite part of this movie is that it is not a happy ending. Everybody dies. Hmm? It's a happy ending for the plant. Well, in the original. Well, in the original, yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's a fun movie and I like the whole, you know, it starts out with the, the calm narration and then it, it's, I love musicals. I can, I've always, you know, loved the whole, the whole feed me song where they find out that the plant is bloodthirsty or where he finds out the plant is bloodthirsty and, you know, then he needs to try to find a way to feed it. So what better, you know? find bad people and feed them to the feed them to the plant um i don't know how much i can talk on little shop of horrors uh nick do you still want to be a dentist oh i've said for years <laughs> that the character of orange scribello is like my dream role little shop of horrors is my favorite musical i i love little shop of horrors and then we get a, a cameo from bill murray bill murray bill murray uh in oh, a yeah. dentist scene um but no i mostly i wanted to put this on my list to piss off nick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but I know Nick likes this movie too much to actually be mad. Um, I, it's it's not. I I'll I'll contest that it is not truly a horror movie. There are some you know messed up points, and there's that's because it's not scary. It's not a thriller, but it's you know you see it's he definitely has this badness to him to where yeah he's you know feeding the plant people. It's this man eating alien plant that. Yeah, if you look at the play in the original, it's you know it just takes over the takes over the earth, or well, it takes over the the flower shop at least. But I don't got anything. It's else. so it's so much fun. It is. It's fun. just a fun movie. I mean, yeah, it's a comedy. It's not really horror, but I mean, there is horrific elements. I use. That. I mean, the plant's bloodthirsty. The original ending of the movie before they reshot it because audiences hated it. The plant wins. The end. Of, the original ending to that movie that you can get on the Blu-ray they come out with about ten years ago is awesome it is literally like monster movie carnage of the plant destroying new york city and eating people it's and I awesome honestly, i prefer that i prefer the, oh, the yeah. plant winning ending i don't know well, why if, they you, if, if you go see the play or the musical yeah that's what you see that yeah. the only time you see the the movie ending is in the movie like they that you that you go see the play you see the sad the plant wins and no happy ending i mean it's a happy ending for for uh, uh for audrey too it's oh absolutely it. it is just it is so much fun i, I like this movie um but yes, that was definitely the biggest stretch on my... I have one more that's a stretch, but it definitely has moments that really make you jump. So, we'll get to that in a moment, but yeah, my number six, Little Shop of Horrors. Nick, what's your number six? It's my number six is a punt from earlier, but I have a little cheat with mine, because I'm doing Evil Dead 1 and 2, because they're both basically the same damn movie. <laughs> So, I mean, I could have put Army of Darkness and we would have got to talk about all three. Army of Darkness, I didn't because it's not the same movie. Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are basically the same thing. Just a different you know, that was, that was That was the point. They wanted to, they decided to do pretty much a remake of Evil Dead 1, but have some comedy and change some stuff, you know. But that's why I put both. If I'm going off horror, it's definitely the first one. But if mm-hmm. I'm going off of personal favorite, it's Evil Dead 2 over 1. So that's why I did both of them. Oh, I get it. Um, but yes, my number six is Evil Dead 1 and 2. Uh, or Dead by Dawn, which is Evil Dead 2's uh, tagline. Subtitle, yeah. Um, no, uh, Cody knows. I love the Evil Dead movies. Uh, I actually have both Necronomicons from the first two movies. Uh, you have two I, of one of them because you thought you left it at my house and bought another, made me buy you another one, and then you no, found that's, it. No, that's, that's two Army of Darknesses. Oh, okay. Yeah, two Army of Darkness, which I do really love that one, but... That was too comedy for it's, me to Yeah, that's on. not a horror. Yeah, that's um, not as horror. Yeah, the, the second one definitely still has horror elements. That's why mm-hmm. I feel like it still works for this list. Whereas Army of Darkness does have some horror, but that's just full-on comedy by that point. Evil Dead 2, they were still trying to do some horrific stuff with some real slapstick shit. Right. Um, but Evil Dead 1, full-on horror. Full-on horror. Uh, no, I really love Evil Dead. Up, messed up plot on that one. Oh, God, yeah. You know, the, the possession stuff. And, I mean, it, it, this movie was banned in so many countries because mm-hmm. it's just so gory. Uh, there's stuff in that first Evil Dead that still makes me cringe. And, and you know, like with uh, when the one girl gets stabbed in the ankle with the pencil. Like, mm-hmm. oh, God. Like, if they're a small budget, they were still able to make shit look really real and, and gross. Um, Little do we know it was real. They did stab her with the pencil. <laughs> stabbed. They were really committed to that realism. Um, but it introduced us to Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Campbell, uh, he plays Ash, well, Ashley, Ashley Williams, which uh, would go on to become like one of the bigger pop culture horror characters of all time. To where he's in Dead by Daylight, Dead by now, Daylight the game yeah. we talked about earlier. Um, 
But, you know, it wasn't until Evil Dead 2 that he really became the main focus of the films and the, the hero, you know, quote unquote hero, because he's he's just so stupid. Um, but no, Evil Dead 1, I really like a lot. It's it's It truly is a really good horror film. There's some really uncomfortable stuff. I mean, tree rape, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which what Sam Raimi has come out and said that he regrets doing that now. Like, you know, he said back then they were young. They just wanted to throw anything at the wall to see what sticks and, you know, be just as awful as possible. But he said he would not do that now. He said it was just really a bad taste. But, you know, it is what it is. It's Evil Dead. Uh, Evil Dead 2, I really enjoy as well. There's some really good horror moments, but I, I like the slapstick stuff of it. I love him fighting his hand. Yeah. Um, I love we finally get Chainsaw Hand Ash. Uh, but then there is some really good creepy stuff. I think uh, the what's-her-face underneath the house, uh, the mom, that that played by Ted Raimi, I think is really creepy makeup. Uh, just some really good horror stuff in these movies, Cody. Now, which one was... Am I thinking of... One of the evil deads or army of darkness with the moose statue or with the moose head that starts talking to him. Moose is evil dead. That's evil dead too. Where that it starts laughing at him. Okay. Cause I mean, I remember the whole house starts laughing at him. Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. And I remember, so a few years, I, I, I love this. I mean, that they are MSU students, which is a hop, skip, yeah. and a jump from me right uh, now. They were Western. They went to Western. Was it Western? Yeah. Wikipedia says yeah, Michigan I remember state. My- my cousin Matt went to Western. I remember giving him shit, or him giving me shit that it was there. Who yeah. are you looking at? I'm looking at Wikipedia for Evil Dead. I know. Who are you? Yeah. Then Five the MSU students. If you go to Bruce Campbell's. Uh, oh no! The, yeah, the actor Bruce Campbell went to Western. Yeah, he went to Western. But yeah, the, but the student, the people in the movie are oh, from the MSU. Characters. The characters. Oh, I, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that they never explicitly say that in the movie. But I mean, yes, one of them's wearing an MSU sweater, but they never explicitly say they're they they're or not Western uh, MSU uh, students. But right. that is, I always I did like that. It is a Michigan. Yeah, they, they take well. Yeah, they're from Michigan and they go to yeah, yeah, yeah wherever. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the actors and no. the creative creative people. Yeah, they no, all no, went no, to Western. Yeah, but no, I, I mean that that's awesome too that they're all from Michigan. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's a great great crowd of people. Um, and I actually saw. Have you have you seen the musical yet? I've watched it online, but okay. no, I never went to see I, it. I actually went to see the musical, and this is the only play that I've ever gone to that had a blood splash zone. Yep. There's no way to, to not do a musical of Evil Dead and not have it be just the goriest thing. It, on, no, on, it, it was on incredibly gory, blood from super soakers. Um, yeah, and I remember the moose puppet, the hand puppet, uh, and there were just a bunch of... I mean, it was it was a mix of the first two movies and still and with lines from the third movie. Yeah, uh, they they kind of mixed everything together to get the play. Um, well, that's but, why I love the TV show Ash versus Evil Dead because it carried on a lot of the same shit from the movies to where like it it had it was really gory. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's anyone out there who loves the Evil Dead movies, check out Ash versus Evil Dead because it's just as well done. Yeah, and then what was your honest opinion of the remake Evil Dead? Oh, I really like the remake okay. of Evil Dead a lot. That's what I thought. No, I really like it a lot. I, I, it, it continued the same deal. Continued the tradition of being gory as hell. I thought that it was really cool that they end up connecting it at the end to the original. That it's not a remake. It's, it's a uh, sequel, basically. Sequel prequel. You know, to the fact that Ash is a character in that world. Uh, the original ending of the remake was going to be her walking down the road after everything and a truck pulling up and it's Ash driving it. Mm-hmm. And they ended up cutting it because they thought they'd save that for another one. And actually, I just heard that, and the rumor is they might be doing. Uh, something that might get Bruce Campbell that he's done playing Ash, but it might get him to come out of retirement to do it. But no, I really, really like the remake of Evil Dead. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, yeah, two, they add the, the camp and the, 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 the comedy to it. But yeah, Evil Dead 1 is the one that I ended up putting on my list at my number nine. Uh, Sweet. But still there. Absolutely. I, I figured it would because I remember you and I, we watched it a lot because Evil mm-hmm. Dead's just too much fun. It is. So. Sweet. So yeah, my number six was Evil Dead 1 and 2. All right. So with that being said, as you may know or may not know, in the middle of every episode, we take a look at what we call our box office draft. We take a look at the movies coming out this week and try to draft them to our team. Um, this week, we have a uh, we had only had one movie come out last week. Um, that was Abominable. Uh, but I didn't tell Nick this before uh, we started recording, but I'm actually beating Nick right now. Downton Abbey has gone. It's crushing, man. Crazy. Um, it's almost. A, it's at fifty-eight million right now, and I only paid fifteen. So, with my total being two hundred and fifty-nine million to Nick's two hundred and forty-three million. Uh, How did yeah, Abominable do? Abominable did. Um, I broke even, so I bid twenty on it, and it's at twenty-one right now. Okay, that's um, about what I figured. That's why I think okay. I bid nineteen because I figured it would be about that. Yeah, it did okay for the opening weekend. It's not. Mm-hmm. It it wasn't as big as the How to Train Your Dragon. It's it's a new it's a new DreamWorks. I don't know if they're going to do a new series. Property. It's a new DreamWorks property, um, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, twenty million in a first opening weekend is still respectable. That I mean, depends on what they paid for. <laughs> look, yeah, it depends. I mean, look at Goldfinch. Only you know made five million. Uh I mean, Ad Astra in two weeks has done less than forty so far, um, as did yeah, Rambo has only done thirty four, so thirty three so far. Well, so, the budget for Abominable was seventy five. So. Okay, so they're about a third of the way there. So yeah, um, they got but they no. got time. They got a few more weeks. I think that they'll break even at least. Um, but now we've got the Joker. The Joker, yes. The big release this week is finally the the gangster movie that just happens to have a guy turning into a Batman villain. It's Taxi Driver. <laughs> it's it's Taxi Driver with a Batman villain. Um, so I don't. I've I've been hearing good. I've been hearing good stuff about it. Oh yeah, I've seen a. F- I mean, I've I've heard of some people now. I haven't looked into the actual reviews um, to see what the complaints were, but I did see a couple lower ratings. Um, but I don't know what their complaints are. The ones who are rating it low are the ones who are jumping on the bandwagon that say it's just propagating violence and that, you know, you should just go out and cause violence if you're depressed or, or, okay. or angry. And, it's, and a lot of reviewers are saying that's not, no, that's not the point of the movie. The point is about, and I'm paraphrasing because of reviews, but that's not the point of it. It's more about just this, you're going on this journey of this guy who the world does screw him so many times and he's already mentally ill you know and and, and like i said i don't know exactly because i haven't seen it yet I, i'm laughing at all these people who are bashing this movie that even it was making like good morning america and stuff about people are saying this movie is going to cause violence it's going to cause shootings people are going to go out and shoot people and it's like none of you have seen it you right. don't know like i hate this world we live in where people are bashing this movie there was a and, pe- there was constantly a post- talking about it and it's like yes if we keep talking about shootings happening in this movie there's going to be a shooting at this movie. Yeah. Like, I, it's like just shut up, everybody. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, the, I mean, the last big movie theater one was Dark Knight Rises. Exactly, and 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 the thing was that guy just happened to go to Batman. It wasn't because the Batman had the Dark Knight Rises, Rises was a Batman movie. It's just the one he went to because there was people there. Yeah, a lot of people. Like, I just I'm getting mad at people who are destroying this movie because what they think about the violence and shit. And it's like, you haven't even seen it. It could be a much more of a character study. The, uh, 
<laughs> did uh, Get Out make me want to go after people and take their brains? No. Did Scream make me want to become a slasher villain? No. It's because it's a movie, people. Did like, Tucker not and Dale vs. Evil make you want to go camping? A little bit. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's the problem that I get, or thing that pisses me off when people say this shit. It's like, I've watched movies my entire life, and never once has a movie made me want to go do something terrible because the movie did something terrible. Video that's games, not too. I mean, I play Grand Theft exactly. Auto. I play... Dead by Daylight. Exactly. I played Friday the 13th. I'm not. I played Grand Theft Auto all the time, and I've never went out and beat up a hooker. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I get sick of these people bashing the Joker for it. It's like, I just go, ugh, just go see it and make your opinion after that. If the movie is all about this guy literally screaming on top of his lungs, I'm angry, so I'm going to kill, and, and, and it is what they think, sure, then get mad. But no one has seen it yet, except for critics, and they love it. So. And I've been watching, I've been, I'm, um, I'm on Reddit a lot, and one of the posts this week was, can we please just stop rating movies before we watch Correct. Them? Correct. It's don't, so dumb. Yeah, don't just give it a ten star rating because you think it look if you think it's gonna be good. Don't give so it I a one star rating on, to weigh outweigh the ten star ratings. Like, yeah, just, I love going on Amazon and reading reviews of shit that's not even out yet. It's like this movie's gonna be so good. How do you know? Or, you haven't seen it. Or giving a product five <laughs> stars because it showed up on time. It showed haven't up used it on yet. Time. That one's funny, though. That one doesn't bother me because that doesn't really hurt the product. The movie, giving a movie a bad review before you've seen it because, oh, that trailer makes me angry because it might show violence, pisses me off because it ruins the movie. It ruins, like, the outcome of how a movie could do, you know? Like, there, I know there are people who are not going to see this movie for a few weeks because they're worried something's going to happen because people are constantly talking about that, and that pisses me off. Just go see the movie. I hate it. I, I told someone that the other day, is you going to go see The Joker? Yes. But what if someone shoots a theater? Then I'll die in the theater. I'm not going to be afraid. To, I'm going to die doing what I love, watching a movie. I'm not going to be afraid of that. Like, do I look where exits are? Hell yeah. Do I sit on the aisle? Hell yeah. I'm smart when it comes to that. But it's not going to stop me from seeing a movie. If I'm dying in a movie theater, I'm dying when I'm doing what I love. That I mean, you know? that's a silver lining to look at. And I, I, I've been thinking it's weird. So every time I go see a movie at this at the, the theater that I started going, at the Regal Theater, because I got the Regal Unlimited, not a sponsor, but you we're think looking. so? Um, every, about every movie that I've gone to so far, at least once, sometimes twice throughout the movie, uh, the ushers come in and check the emergency exit and walk out. That's all they do. They walk in, go to the emergency exit, walk out. I don't know uh-huh. what they're doing. <laughs> Making sure it's locked. Making sure it's locked. Making sure people aren't letting people in. Well, because uh, that's what the guy did during the Dark Knight. He went out during the movie, left the exit open a little bit, went out, got his guns, and came back in. Okay. So they're checking to make sure that door is locked, so that no one's went out to get something and come back in. That right. was their way to, to. That was his way to go out and get the weapons. So. Okay, I get it. I, I get that now. So, but anyway, after that heated conversation about movie, on the Joker, Cody, what'd you bid? <laughs> So for the Joker, I yeah. bid I bid forty five million. Pertinent. It's pertinent. It is pertinent. Damn, I bid twenty nine. It's all yours. All right. I the 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 estimates are anywhere between thirty and forty. So I thought, well, I'll go low. All right. So I mean, I went I, high. I, I sadly, I think all this shit's gonna ruin its box office, but hopefully not because I wanted to do well because it looks good. Yeah. Um. I'll probably go. I don't know when I'll see it. I'll probably see it this weekend. Um, Me too. I'm, I mean, I'm probably going to a concert Saturday, but Sunday I have open for movies, so mm-hmm. we'll see. So that's our box Alrighty. office draft. Yes, uh, I get the Joker, <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, Nick's beating me again. Yeah, not for so long. this weekend. Downton Abbey's still going to keep climbing. I, I still don't have any over a hundred million this this turn this uh, this season. 
Um, Nick does. Nick has it. Oh, yeah. Chapter two. Chapter two. All right. So moving back to our list of the top 10, our top 10 favorite horror films our top of 10. all time. Not the my top last, 10. Our top 10. <laughs> our top 10. So last one we did was my number six was Evil Dead 1 and 2. So moving down to my number five. So we're getting to the good ones. I mean, they're all good, but we're getting to the, to the nitty gritty. So my number five is the uh, oldest movie on my list. Uh, 1968, I believe. My number five is Night of the Living Dead. That was one of my honorable mentions. That was one of the ones that I had on my list before I shuffled it around. Okay. Yeah, so Night of the Living Dead, the original, the one that started it all, uh, George A. Romero from 1968, I was right. Uh, How incredible to create a movie that starts a genre. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, were there movies with zombies before this? Absolutely. Probably, yeah. uh, there was White Zombie. There was I Walked with a Zombie. There was, uh, I, uh, what was the movie we watched in high school that was really racist? Was uh, that Island of the Zombies? Island of the Zombies. Zombie Island. Oh, no, wait, no. Island. Oh, Island of Zombies. Island, Island of the, the zombies. zombies. Not Scooby-Doo on I mean, Zombie Island. That's true. So, yes, there were zombie movies. But back then, zombies were most of the time uh, like a voodoo curse. And they didn't eat people. They were more just like brainwashed people that would do the bidding of whoever the villain was in that film. Right. It wasn't until George A. Romero came along in 1968 and started the idea of Night of the Living Dead, which were zombies, people that were brought back from the dead and were hungry for human flesh. Uh, not necessarily brains, which is always like the go-to for people making fun of zombies. Oh, brains. You know, that really wasn't until like Return of the Living Dead, which is an awesome movie in its own mm-hmm. right. Uh, but this was more just zombies that are just, they want human flesh. Uh, so like I said, how awesome to create a movie that, that starts and creates a genre of, of, of movie. He started the zombie genre that we know today. We wouldn't have Walking Dead without it. Wouldn't have, you know, Shaun of the Dead without it. Um, I didn't realize it's a, it's, how many, yeah. I didn't realize how many movies were actually in the Night of the Living Dead series. The, the actual main canon that Romero did was Night of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Survival exactly. of the Dead. Diary of the Dead. It was like seven or seven, six or seven of them. I um, only knew Night, Dawn, and Day. Those are like the three big ones. Land of the Dead's really good too. Survival and Diary, they're okay. But Dawn and Day and Land are, are quite good. Dawn of the Dead, a lot of people put that over this one. I, I like Night of the Living Dead a little more. I like older I mean Dawn of the Dead's older too, but I like older movies. Um it's a black and white movie. Uh and it's not on my list just because it started a genre. It's just a damn good horror film. Um, it's not necessarily a movie that's going to make you jump or be really scared throughout, but you're definitely no. going to feel you're going to feel tense because it's it's about these people who are trapped in a farmhouse and there are zombies outside trying to get in, and it's about them trying to figure out what's going on, what's because this is the start of the zombie apocalypse. What's happening? Why are there? Who are these people outside? Are they just crazy? What's going on? Um, and it's basically how the inside of this house unravels and what I love about it is that it is such a commentary on race at the time, which is awesome. Not awesome, but it's awesome because the character of Ben, who who's an African-American wasn't written that way. No. He, it was supposed to be a white guy. It just, this guy came in audition was so good. So they cast him. And I liked that really comment cool. on the, I liked that comment on the uh, trivia about it, that he just had the best audition. I mean, <laughs> exactly. He did the best audition, which is awesome. And he's really good. Everyone's really good in this, but it does have some racial subtext to it once they made it, which is funny because Romero said that was never the intention, which it wasn't. But watching it now, there is, you know, it's this it's the white man who's in the basement fighting against the black man who's saying, no, we shouldn't hide in the basement. It's a death trap. And the white man saying, you need to listen to me. 
that's where we're safest, you know, and, and they fight in the end and it's got such a dark ending to where everybody dies, <laughs> you know, um, and it's, it's, it's just such a good movie. It still holds up to this day. Uh, there's some really good, creepy, gory effects to where the zombies are eating like the flesh of these characters that blew up. And, uh, it's just, it's awesome. I, I really like Night of the Living Dead. It's got one of the most famous quotes of all time. You They're know, they're coming to get, get you, Barbara. Exactly. Like, you know, such a famous quote. I love the opening of this movie at Cemetery. Um, unfortunately, in 1968, Romero didn't understand copyrights. <laughs> and this movie has no copyright to it. I was so just about that's to say, why if fun you want to watch Night of the Living Dead, head over to YouTube and you can watch it right now I, <laughs> for I was... free. I was gonna, I was, I was gonna say that. I was gonna bring up the fun, <laughs> fun fact. No, you can watch the entire movie on its Wikipedia article. Oh, really? Yeah, they I got it on there. I figured that out today, and I was yeah, uh, just research, doing it's, my research it, that the whole yeah. movie. That's why you see so many movies that have the blank of the dead. So you had Return of the Living Dead. You know, so many remakes of Night of the Living Dead. So many things parodying it because there's no copyright to this movie. That's why when they did the remake in 1990. Uh, that's why they did it is because it would give them a way to kind of recoup some of that money they lost on it. Um, but no, I, I really like Night of the Living Dead. Cody, anything to say on Night of the Living Dead? No, I mean, I it's yeah, the the uh, I always remember that they're coming to get you, Barbara. Because was he even I, I can't remember at that point, was he just messing with her or were they actually? Yeah, no, he's just screwing with her because yeah, he... she's afraid. He's talking about how she used to be afraid to go to the cemetery and he used to say to her, they're coming to get you, Barbara, and it would freak her out. So and then they immediately it. get attacked. <laughs> and then she sees the guy coming and he's telling her here he comes he's coming for you she goes you're he's gonna hear you blah 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 and then he attacks her because it's yeah. a zombie which is fun in the remake to where you see the guy coming and if you've seen the original you're thinking oh here comes the zombie and it's not it's a caretaker that runs up going oh god i'm sorry and he's all bloody and walks away mm-hmm. and then the zombie comes from the other direction and right. it jump scary they, they kind of play on that which is fun the remake is actually very good too so if you haven't seen the remake of night of the living dead i recommend that a lot because it's, it's just as good i feel like i have but it's been a while so, yeah, my number five, Night of the Living Dead, the original from 1968. Cody, what's number five? All right, so my number five is a recent watch for me. Uh, we did a commentary about this movie. My number five is It Chapter One. Sweet. Not on my list. Not on your list, really? Because <laughs> I never once thought about it, and I, I probably should have. <laughs> so, yeah, this we've talked a lot about this movie recently, so, I mean, we can keep this one short. Uh, Killer Clown from Outer Space. Um, That's a good movie, too, though. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I really, I, I, I haven't seen the original, or not the original. I haven't seen the Tim Curry TV miniseries. I haven't read the book. I haven't. I mean, I've seen both of these movies, Chapter One and Chapter Two. Um, but I just thought this, yeah, this movie was a great coming of age movie. A great, fantastic acting by all of the young people in this movie. All of the everybody, yeah, even Pennywise. Yeah, everybody. Um, and I was, yeah, especially uh, Bill Skarsgård as as Pennywise, um, the dancing clown. And I, I still love the, the, the fact of how, like, some of the stuff that they didn't need special effects for, like his goofy eye. And uh, it's it's just, yeah, it's, it's a good... And that's not even a special effect. Well, yeah, like that, that, they, didn't need, <laughs> that they didn't need special effects for, um, is what I was saying. Yeah, um, they, he just, you know, popped his eye a little, little to the side and freaked out Bill Hader in the filming of the second one. <laughs> Which is a really funny story. Um, but no, it's. I mean the the acting is great, the direction is great. The um, it chapter two, I jumped around a little bit more than I would have liked. Um, back to the past and present, but 
I think, yeah, number one, it was like, it was solid. It was, uh, fairly linear, um, completely linear. And as I've watched some scenes from it again, just from after we did the commentary, like the scene in the library with the, the woman in the background, watching him as he's going through the book. Yeah. I I rewatched that scene and saw that. Um, so that was great. Uh, and then just seeing like, and having watched the first one so uh, recently before seeing the second one, I think that helped me a lot to actually, you know, remember it. Cause I, I do have a bad memory when it comes to movies, if people haven't realized by now. Um, so I got a lot of the references and even like during the second one, I was, I feel like I was watching the background sometimes more than I was watching what was going on <laughs> in the foreground because of Nick. Um, so yeah, I totally blame him for that, but, uh-huh. but no, um, when you were saying your all of your more recent movies were at the top or at the beginning of your list, I thought for sure one you were when you said the conjuring, you were going to say it, but, <laughs> um, but no, I think, um, and it's, it's, a, it does have jump scares. It does have a lot of suspense to it. Um, it's, still, it's got a lot of heart. It's, but it's, but it has a, it has a, like a, yeah, a very heartfelt story of friendship and, uh, you know, always be there for each other, even though we learned in the beginning of the second one, they immediately separated pretty much. Um, yeah. But, but no, I mean, uh, I know we've talked about this a lot. So in recent times here, so I don't think I have much else to say on it. Chapter one. Good deal. I would say the same thing you would. I really like that movie a lot. It's fun. But if you want to hear more, go back to our Stephen King episode. <laughs> Steve, yeah, our Stephen King episode, our commentary. Yeah, watch the movie along with us. Go back a couple weeks to our commentary of uh, It Chapter 1. That's right. All right. So, Cody, what's your number four? So, my number four is my last cheat. It's not a cheat. There are... There are oh, def- shit. What? More treat or cheats. More cheats. Uh, so this movie legitimately has points in it that make me jump and scare the crap out of me. My number four is Zombieland. Okay. Yes, it's a full-on comedy, but it's another horror comedy, and it has the zombies. And there are moments in this movie that are horribly suspenseful. I the the whole scene at the end with the when they're at the car or when they're at the the fair and. Uh, you know, the zombies are just slowly coming. And then that first zombie, they see that first zombie and it, you know, freaks them out. Uh, the scene when he's in the bathroom, uh, always gets me. And honestly, the scene that gets me the most is when he brings the girl home and she becomes a zombie and she attacks him. That, that one always scares me. That always makes me know because the timing on that one is funky, but yes, it's a cheat. Yes. It's a, it's my way of, I, I like the, I like the funny horror movies. Um, again, I great acting in this movie. Uh, Woody Harrelson is always fantastic. Um, I still don't know if I actually like Jesse Eisenberg as an actor. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, mm-hmm. um, of course Emma Stone and uh, Abigail Breslin do great, and in, in this movie, um, yeah, I think, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg is fairly t- a typecast person at this point. He's that he's that skinny nerd, which I do like. You know the funny parts in the trailer for Double Tap uh, when it's basically their doppelgangers uh, being uh, well, his t- doppelganger being Tom Middleditch, who is mm-hmm. totally typecast as like a nerd now uh, since Silicon Valley. But 
I mean, it's I'm excited for the second one, uh, which comes yeah, it looks out fun. this year. Couple weeks. Couple weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Uh, three weeks. Um, two weeks. Math is hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun movie. Uh, talked about in our cameos episode a couple weeks ago, I think too, mm-hmm. uh, with Bill Murray. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, that was a a sad death in a horror movie. Was Bill Murray? <laughs> Somehow, apparently, he's coming back for the sequel. So I'm curious to see how that happens. As an actual zombie, probably. Which would be funny, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I don't know. I don't have much else to add on Zombieland. Yeah, it's my last cheat. It's my last official cheat, and I apologize for to that for everybody. I apologize to everybody for that. <laughs> so, All right. Nick, what's your number four? So my number four is a part six. It is my favorite Friday the 13th movie. My number four is Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. Um, I don't have enough room in my box for that. In your box. Oh, okay. Sounds <laughs> like, what the hell is he talking about? Okay, I get you. <laughs> On my list. Um, so I really like, yeah, I really like the Friday the 13th series a lot. Uh, we're going to do those at some point soon. Um, I really like part four. The original is really good. Number two is really fun. Uh, but everyone who knows me knows I love comedy. And part six was where they decided we're going to have some fun with this series and have some comedy. There's definitely some scary moments in still a Friday the 13th movie. There's some really gory stuff that happens. So some both really of good our scares. number fours are horror comedies. Yeah, exactly. This is probably the only, this is really the only other than Evil Dead 2, which, you know, but this is really the only like horror comedy that that's on my list. Um, and what it come down to was the director was hired to do this. And he pretty much told the studio, OK, if you let me if, if you're having me do this movie, it's part six. We have to have a little sense of humor about ourselves because we're doing a number six. You know, the movie opens. Jason died after part four. Part five is not Jason. And so when they did number six, they thought, well, Jason's got to come back because it's number five bombed. And so they literally bring Jason back to life like Frankenstein. He gets struck by lightning, his body, and it brings him back to life. Uh- in a very like universal horror gothic setting, the cemetery, you know, with a with a big fence and shit, like it's it's full on gothic horror, and that's the whole point. Uh, there's a lot of really funny moments. There's a part where the caretaker of the cemetery is mad because you know someone dug up the grave when really it was just Jason, and he looks right into the camera and says, "What do they think I am, a fart head?" And then it instantly jump cuts to a bunch of kids at the camp going, "Yes." Um, just a bunch of that funny stuff. There's a part later where Jason's attacking the camp because this one has a fun distinction of being the first Friday the 13th movie. I think the only Friday the 13th movie where there are actually kids at the camp because the first movie it's, it's before the camp opens Mm -hmm. and the counselors are there getting ready. Number two, it's a counselor training center. So this is the first movie that actually has kids at the camp. So it adds an extra level of danger because it's like, Oh my God, there are kids. There's a scene where he's staring at this little girl in her bed and it's scary as shit. Um, but there's a part where he's at the camp and he's on his rampage killing and all the kids are, are told to hide under their beds and it cuts to these two boys. The one boy looks at their kid and goes, so what were you going to be when you grew up? Oh, no. <laughs> um, like, it's just filled with a bunch of that type of shit. And it's, it's really a fun movie. It's got some really fun kills and it has really good characters. Like there's a character in this movie. There's a couple characters in the movie you don't want to die, which is a good horror movie when there's characters you don't want to die. They're not just cannon fodder, you know? Um, Jason's fun in this because it's the first instance of zombie Jason because he truly is. He's a zombie. Finally, you know, number up to number four, you could argue he's just a guy who just happens to be able to take a good hit, <laughs> you know, uh, but he's relatively human. Number four is where you, you get zombie Jason finally. And he's, he's fun. He's strong. He bends people over backwards and you get Tommy Jarvis, the character, uh, 
who was introduced to number four with Corey Feldman. He's a number five and it wasn't until number six. And he became like the hero character that's trying to stop Jason. And they come up with this really cool conceit that to stop him, you have to take him back to back to Crystal Lake, back to the water, you know, which is a really cool idea. It's got a rocking soundtrack. Alice Cooper did the soundtrack. He's got a really cool song that plays during the end credits. You know, he's back the man behind the mask. Just, just a fun eighties Friday the 13th movie. Like I said, it's my favorite of the series. So it's just one of my favorite horror films. I, I put it on a lot when I'm bored and there's nothing else. Just watch Friday the 13th part six. It's a quick movie. It's just entertaining as hell. Cody, anything to say on part six? No, I'm just I, one of the, one, he's one of the Jasons in the, the game as the part six Jason, isn't it? Yeah. He uses the, uh, the fence post, the spear, yeah. I think they call it, yeah. which is fun to play as. I always like playing as him, but he's hard cause he's slow. Right. He basically has a harpoon. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, I mean, you know, I haven't seen all of Friday the 13th movies. I've seen the first one. Yeah. For now. For now. For now. Well, this is one I, I definitely think you'll enjoy because it is, it's just a fun horror film. You know, it, it's, it's got a lot of comedy to it. And it's, like I said, it's just, it's, it's just a fun one. You know, it, it, there is definitely some horror moments, you know, I mean, it's still a horror film. You know, uh, where Jason's popping up and there are some jump scares. But for a movie that's just fun, kind of like Scream is, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely right up there because it is just a it's a damn fun movie. Yeah. So, yeah, my number four, Friday the 13th, part six, Jason lives. Oh, and it opens with him doing a James Bond entrance. He walks across the screen and slices his machete. Oh, jeez. It's, it's, it's really fun. OK, so moving down to my number three. Uh, my number three is a movie I saw for the first time last year. Um, it came out in like 1990, I think, or 93, somewhere around there. Uh, I always heard about it, had seen bits and pieces of it, but never watched it all the way through till last year. I was like, no, I'm going to sit down and finally watch this movie. So my number three is Candyman. Damn, I love this movie. You hadn't seen <laughs> So I saw Candyman before you did? I guess so, if you've seen it before last year. <laughs> I saw yeah. it. I saw it when I lived in my last my house. Radar. I never. I saw it when I lived in my last house, okay. and I, I know that was at least three years ago. So wow. Yeah, it was just never one that was on my radar. Like I knew of it. You know, I knew the rules. You know, say his name five times in the mirror, he'll come and gut you with his hook. Yeah. I was just never one that was ever on. I never took time to rent it. I just, you know, like I said, I knew of it. I knew the music because the haunted house I work at, we use the music all the time. It's got a fantastic score. It was just never one I watched. And I finally thought last year, you know what? Screw it. Let's just sit down and watch Candyman. I was blown away by how good that movie is. This was one of my honorable mentions. Okay. It's not just a good horror film. You know me. I like a movie that has good story and subtext to it. You know, like Night of the Living Dead and (laughs) Jason Lives doesn't. But but just the fact that this movie has a lot of good, has a big, good, well done commentary on race Mm -hmm. and, and, and whatnot. The fact the whole movie is set in... You know, this place called Cabrini Green, which was a real housing project in Chicago, a uh, rundown housing project where a lot of gang members and stuff were. And the fact that uh, Candyman was the son of a wealthy slave who who became like a businessman. And then the son grew up and he was a painter and was painting this white woman who was the daughter of this wealthy family. And they had an affair and the townsfolk basically lynched him cut off his hand his painting hand stuck a hook in it and basically covered him with honey and had him die by getting stung by bees that's horrifying mm-hmm. and and it, it plays on you know with race and how race was viewed in america and how it still is like, like watching it last year there's still a lot of good commentary in this movie that absolutely still hits to this day um and it's just a damn good fun movie too and it's really creepy uh like i said the score is fantastic by philip glass like i just it's just a good 
score on even not just a good horror movie score, it's just a good score. Um, the acting is terrific. That's one of the good things about this movie is you know a lot of horror films are known for not having the best acting, but the acting this is awesome. Virginia Madsen's really good. Tony Todd, Tony is, Todd fantastic. is fantastic. Yes. as Candyman, which is fun when you realize the original choice for that movie was Eddie Murphy, but they couldn't afford him. Oh, um, I'm glad it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was Eddie Murphy. They couldn't afford his price tag. What's funny though with Tony Todd, he had it in his contract. Every time he got stung, he got an extra thousand dollars. He got stung twenty three times. Oh my gosh. Man, yeah, made twenty three grand purely just because of all the all the bee stings he got in that scene. But hey, it's a cool scene, him covered in bees and shit. I, did, um, I didn't realize that. I, mean, I guess they there was only really no other way to do that. But I thought. No. I mean, you always see those people that have the like the bee masks, and yeah, you don't you yep. never hear of them how much they get stung actually. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're getting stung. It's just not as many. It just depends on what you're doing. Um, but no, I just, I really like it. I think it's a creepy movie. I love the idea of kind of taking the Bloody Mary idea of looking in the mirror and applying it to this, this guy who has a hook for a hand. I, I like the idea of setting it in like a, like, uh, a rundown housing project project in Chicago and the implications that involves where, like, I love the fake out halfway through the movie where, uh, she gets attacked by this guy who's dressed like Candyman and you realize it's just a gang member who's doing it as a way to try to, like up his reputation in the gang. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's able to say, Oh, well, of course that's where all the murders happen. There's no real candy man. Well, of course there the is <laughs> exactly, but there's still a candy man. And that's the fun twist. You know, I, it's just a fun, good movie. I really liked candy man. I was so happy. I watched it last year and it's one I've watched a few times even since now watch yeah. it again coming up to October or coming up to Halloween here. Oh yeah. I forgot Ted Raimi had a cameo in this. Yeah, you know, the very beginning. He's he's when the when the woman's being told because that's one thing about the movies. It's also kind of about folk t- folklore and how stories can become reality if told a bunch of times. And that's the beginning of the movie is when Virginia Madsen's trying to write her thesis on uh, urban legends and she's being told the story of Candyman and, and he's in that that flashback, which is in that in that dramatization of it. Cody, what do you think, Candyman? Uh, again, this is I, this is, it's a really good movie, and yeah, the the B scene is just I mean. It's awful what they did to him. Um, oh, God, yeah. But, it's horrifying. Yeah, but definitely... It's one of those where like you find out that happened, and it's like, you know what? I'm okay with you killing everyone. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... Do what you need to do. Candy a bad man. guy with a, with a good motivation. <laughs> exactly. Revenge. You know, that's always a fun movie. Exactly. But then you realize at the end, he's just still a monster. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, I mean, because they're... He, he basically yeah tries to get back at them by lighting them on fire. Because they burn yep. him at the stake after all the bees. Uh-huh. So no, I mean no, it's a very good movie. I was I didn't realize you hadn't seen it. No, I said first time was last year. Yeah. Well, awesome that you watched it. And awesome that it's this high on your list. Or this oh low yeah, on your list. I, I I knew it had to be on my list low because like I said I, I was really happy I watched it and I was really pissed I waited all these years to watch it. Okay. Like I said it was just one of those I never got around to seeing. I just never got around to it. I, I don't know. I don't know why. Like I said it was never on TV, you know, in its entirety, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I'm happy I did now though because it's 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 yeah. awesome. And I think the first time I watched it, it was on like Showtime or Star, so it was uncut. It was the full movie. Okay. Was, I know they show it on like TNT occasionally and, during Halloween I'll, time, and I don't know. How. I I have uh, I haven't watched the second or third one yet, but I heard the second one still is, is not as bad as mm-hmm. you would expect for a sequel. The third one I heard isn't as bad either, so I, I'll I'll watch those before Halloween, I'm sure. Oh yeah. So, yeah, my number three, Candyman. Cody, what's number three? So, my number three, now, we we re- very recently did a, a Stephen King list, and I had to try my hardest not to have half of my list be Stephen King. Um, So, I did just pick one and limited to myself to one, and that one that I picked was... Was It Chapter One. 
Well, okay, two Stephen King movies. <laughs> uh, I for, I always forget that I forgot it was it was Stephen King. Um, so I have two Stephen King movies. Um, well, I have an argument against you on that one. So, well, uh, Which is- we'll we'll get to it in a second. Um, so my number three is The Shining. Not on my list. Not on your list. I figured it wouldn't be because I know you don't like this compared to the book, definitely. I know you like this oh, but, movie. No, but I, I do really still love this movie because I'm able to separate it from the book. But yeah. I just, you know, it, it'd be top 15 for sure. Yeah. and this... I told you, this is just really hard. I had to cut a lot of shit. Nightmare oh, on Elm Street's not on my list at all, and I love that movie. Nightmare Before Christmas isn't on my list. That's not a horror Thank movie. Thank <laughs> <laughs> That would have been a cheat. Now, that one I would have not felt. <laughs> that one I would have felt guilty about cheating on. Um, or cheating with, um, but yeah. no, The Shining. Uh, Jack Nicholson Sweet. takes his family to care for a cabin or <laughs> a big cabin, care for a hotel over the winter, and slowly goes crazy. Um, some very messed up scenes again that stick with me specifically. Um, of course, you get the uh, the twins in the hallway. You get the the kid basically being possessed, or is the kid's finger being possessed? Whatever. <laughs> um. The elevator full of blood, and the scene that I have trouble watching even is the old lady out of the shower. Mm, I, that's just so creepy. Um, and then you know, fully building up to this awesome chase scene at the end, awesomely shot chase scene. I I still think the the camera going through the maze like it did was one of the most beautiful shots throughout you know movie history. Um, just the way, and then. Um, when it zooms in from the zooms in or zooms out from the the model on the table, I can't remember which direction it goes. It zooms into the model on the table, and it's them being chased through the maze, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, such a smooth transition, and just such a again such a beautifully shot scene. Um, and of course, I love all the parodies of this. I love the the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror shinning. Mm-hmm. Um. I love the whole bit in Ready Player One with the the shining mm-hmm. stuff. That's fun. Um, and I mean, I even love I, the, not a parody, but um, Adam Savage of formerly of MythBusters. Uh, one of his builds that he documented on his YouTube channel was he actually built the model maze from the movie. For I don't know why he built it. Just he he just built a lot of stuff. Um, he gets bored. He gets bored, and he has a lot of money, and he has a lot of tools and materials, so he can do this stuff. And I would love to be able to do that kind of stuff. Just, I want to build the maze from The Shining today. <laughs> um, but like they talk about, like on that they talk about like people, like because the the original prop was destroyed or is lost or they don't have it anymore. Um, so people just kind of went through like all of the footage from the movie all of the behind the scenes footage all of the pictures taken on set and they actually figured out like the measurements and then the like the entire model of that maze and i just think there are a lot of people that have a lot of time on their hands when it comes to details in movies like that and to re- to replicate like i mean you see people replicating costumes all the time but to actually replicate a prop like this i think is quite interesting and quite an endeavor mm-hmm. um to get accurate but i mean yeah back to the movie i i I, I do agree with the whole thing, um, how uh, uh, Jack Nicholson looks crazy from the start, because Jack Nicholson just looks crazy. Um, it would have been interesting, after we talked about it, to have seen uh, 
kind of like a more mild-mannered, like, what's his name? Troy McClure. Oh, Phil Hartman? Yeah, I, I, I think Phil Hartman would have been neat in that role after, like, how you talked about how he was in the book, how, like, he was the loving... I think of Phil Hartman, because I think of, like, the... Um, jingle all the way and uh, <laughs> you just be screaming at wendy and eating her cookies or um even the dad from the matt foley sketches i mean it's the loving father yeah. i mean that's the kind of what that's i mean after you explained how the character was in the book that's what i pictured was uh uh-huh. was him all right so yeah i mean anything else on the shining i don't have it nick do you have anything to add on the shining not really. If you want to hear more my thoughts or even Cody's, we both talked about it on the Stephen King episode as well. It's just it's a good horror film. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's particularly scary. Like I always laugh when I see it on scary list because I don't think it's shining scary at all. It's unsettling. No, it's a th- it's a thriller horror. But it's a it's a good horror film though. It's a, it's a well made horror film. Psychological horror. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my number three. So my number two, I know, is Nick's number one. So Nick, what's your number two? So my number two is one that hurts me putting it at two. Because any other time, it's a lot of times at my number one. Just not for this list. My number two is Jaws. Uh, Didn't even cross my mind as a horror movie. That's my big thing. Is <laughs> I will be the first person to argue that Jaws isn't a horror film. Because I think it's more of an adventure thriller. But it's your number two uh, horror film. <laughs> but when I sat and thought about it, where do you see it at video stores? Or where did you see it at video stores? There are still in the video stores. Section. I think there's one where left do you, here. Is there, where do you see it when you go to Best Buy in the horror section? I couldn't I could not have it this low on my list because what else do you classify this movie as when it's a movie that made people terrified to go into the water for decades? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know, yeah, Jaws has to be on my list. And since it is my favorite film of all time, it's absolutely my number two. But it's not my favorite horror film. Uh, so I've talked to death about Jaws, but I think it's the perfect film. Uh, just in general, not just a horror film, just a perfect film. Uh, the characters are well written. They're well acted. But if we're going based on horror this week, I'll talk about the horrific parts of this movie. There's some shit in this movie that still creeps me the hell out. Like, I definitely get un- uneasy when I'm in water. Even if I'm in a lake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if I'm in a lake and I'm touching the bottom of the lake and it's a lake. I know sharks. I still get a little unsettled just because of this movie, because of sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, For one sure. of the moments this movie that still creeps me the hell out is when uh, Chief Brody's son is in the pond part of the water, and their boat gets flipped by the shark, and there's a guy on his boat coming up to him, and his boat gets flipped, and he's standing there, and there's a part where it's a wide shot from above, and you see the boys in the water over here, and you see the guy next to his boat in the water over here. And you see the shark underwater slowly going towards the guy. And it's just such an unsettling shot because he doesn't see it. But we, the audience, see that shark going in for the bite. And it's it's it still to this day creeps me out, that scene. Because of knowing that there's something under there you can't see. And that just creeps me out even when I'm swimming. Like that there could be something down there coming at me and I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where Quint gets eaten is really horrific. It's absolutely horrific. Just thinking about being eaten by something bigger than you. You know, that's not supposed to be the case. We're the top of the food chain. You know what I mean? Not anymore. Um, exactly. And it's just, it's a scary scene. And and the opening sequence is still horrifying. I remember I had seen Jaws numerous times before I saw it for the first time on the big screen. And I went and saw it on the big screen, I don't know, probably about 10 years ago now for the first time. And I remember that opening sequence where Chrissy's being attacked by the shark and just getting pulled back and forth was the first time I ever got scared by this movie was seeing it on the big screen where it's loud, it's huge, and it's it's your 
whole field of vision like that I could truly think about like this absolutely I can imagine why audiences were terrified of this movie when it came out and why it was a blockbuster because it's not just a like I said good horror film it's just a good movie in general but as a horror film this movie is still it is scary as hell there's some real horrific shit the scene of Hooper in the cage getting attacked by a shark that's some good suspenseful shit you know so no i absolutely had to include this on my horror list my number two cody anything to say on joe's no i mean i get it it was on our number it was was, i think two scenes from it was on our jump scare list a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh you're gonna need a bigger boat and uh and the the subnautical uh exploration scene yep um but no i mean this i mean i i can understand that yeah it's yeah I, i'll i'll be on the side of it's not a horror movie but it has it has horrific elements and it like is, i said it is a i horror movie. for the longest time i used to always argue jaws isn't a horror film it's an adventure film but like when you just really sit and think about it like i'll show my niece an adventure film <laughs> but i'm not showing her jaws right do you know what i mean You're so sure I, like jaws. when you look at it exactly so like when you look at it in that regard like that slowly has worked my thinking the past few years about what how i classify jaws before my niece was born I always said, Jaws isn't a horror film, it's an adventure film. It's a thriller, it's an adventure film. Because the end of that movie, when they're on the boat, that's a pirate theme play, and that's not a horror theme. But now that my niece is, has been born, and, I, and she's getting older, she's like, she's seven now, and I'm thinking about showing her it, I don't. Because in my mind, I'm still thinking about, this will scare the shit out of her. How old were you when you saw Jaws for the first time? Probably nine or ten, okay. maybe seven, maybe eight or nine. So you can show her in a couple years. Which I'm fine with showing kids horror films because I think horror is good for kids. Not like I'm not going to show my niece like The Exorcist or Candyman. You know what I mean? But <laughs> but like I, I had her watch kill this you. weekend. Exactly. I was baby. I was babysitting her this weekend, and I put in Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh gosh, <laughs> a movie I love and I've loved growing up. But there was some creepy shit in that movie. Mm-hmm. That troll is creepy looking. And I remember when I was watching it with her. Thinking the minute the troll popped up, I'm 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 gonna watch her and see what her reaction is to the way he looks, and she was fine with it. But I did fast forward the scenes where he's turning the kids into wooden dolls, and I fast forwarded the scene where the girl rolls over in bed and he's in bed with her because I just think that's a little too scary. But she still really liked everything else. But but so I, like I said, I've kind of gauged my thought on Jaws now to would I show my niece that movie because it's scary? And I wouldn't yet. So that definitely to me, I, I now have changed my thinking that, yeah, Jaws is a horror film. Right. Especially since you, you guys all go to the lake every year. <laughs> exactly. And she's already afraid of sharks. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Jaws, my number two. Cody, let's do your number one since we both have my number one. Uh, so my number one <laughs> is um, one that Nick was surprised I had on a list a few weeks ago. I don't remember what list it was, but my, my number one is Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a movie again. There is humor to it because they're they're playing on the tropes, and I the whole point of the movie is the trope of the the horror film in that which like which uh, horror element will we introduce to this <coughs> group for this sacrifice? And I, I I think this this movie um, again as. Uh, we've mentioned before it yeah it touches on everything and you there it references a bunch of other movies it references a bunch of other tropes and i still love this the whole ending the whole finale sequence where they get into the control center and are able to you know release all of the monsters and the pure carnage of that it was that was my jump scare um when you hear the beep you hear the doors open and then there's a beat and then everything starts flying around and basically just killing everybody um in a bloodbath um it's 
it was a very interesting take on the horror movie. I yes, there are movies that do like the 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 human sacrifice element, but not in the way that they actually have monsters at their disposal to use. I mean, I I think this it was just a really fun movie. Um, all of the, I mean. Yeah, I, I, I just really like the con- the control sequence of it. The whole behind-the-scenes part of the horror. Um, <coughs> how they have, like, the cameras everywhere. And it's, 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 the, and Truman, again, it's another, the Truman Show another for Zombies. Uh, yeah, another instance of Bradley Whitford. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I didn't even he realize He gets my that. favorite. He, 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 hands down, gets my favorite part of that entire movie. With the were- or not the were- but the uh, merman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember literally crying in the theater laughing. When he looks over and here it comes and his reaction just, oh, come on. And he gets eaten by the by the merman. It is just such comedy gold. But I definitely consider this movie a horror film. Not, I mean, there are comedy moments, but the comedy comes more if you're a massive horror fan and get the references. Right. And yes, the merman part is full on comedy. And there are some comedy bits. And a lot of horror films have comedy to them. I mean, there are some funny parts in Halloween. There are some funny parts in Jaws. There are some funny parts in uh, Evil Dead, obviously. You know, Scream, Conjuring has some, you know. there's. I've always said there's a fine line between comedy and horror. They're both trying to elicit the same thing out of you, a reaction. One just tries to make you laugh. One tries to make you scream. And that they're really close together. So I think it's fine having some levity to kind of break the tension here and there. But I feel like. Cabin in the Woods is definitely more of a horror because, I mean, there's some really gory, horrific shit in that movie. Mm-hmm. How did I forget Chris Hemsworth was in it? <laughs> because it was filmed before Thor, but came after Thor. Yeah. <laughs> and no one remembers it. <laughs> but no, this was this was definitely a really fun movie. And um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, it, I, yeah, I think my, my last comment are Truman Show for horror movies. Oh, absolutely. A horror fan's wet dream. It really is. Yeah. Really. Anything else on the cabin in the woods? I think that's going to be my rewatch <laughs> of this week. I, I I need to watch that movie again. It's it's been a or while. Something you haven't seen, or like something I haven't uh, seen. The Conjuring, or Get Out, or or Friday Thirteenth, or any of the numerous Halloweens you have to watch. <laughs> we'll get or there. Or Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, exactly. You're just gonna. We'll get there. You're just gonna. You're just gonna screw yourself into one massive long week of nothing but Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> and you're gonna just just destroy your psyche. So, with that being said, on to my number two. <laughs> my number one is number John one. Carpenter's Halloween from 1978, the one that started it all. And yes, Cody should be playing the theme right here. Um, there was no surprise here if you've listened to the show over the past many months. Ever. You've been doing it <laughs> exactly. You, I think you've mentioned uh, Halloween on every t- every episode. Oh, <laughs> it's it's my it's it, I I've always said I go back and forth on whether or not Jaws or Halloween is my favorite film of all time. Um, I usually lean more towards Jaws because it's more accessible to watch anytime. I mean, honestly, I can watch Halloween. I watch Halloween in around Christmas. It don't matter. And I remember uh, you hating this movie. <laughs> that's the fun part about it. And I'll get into this a lot more when we do our Halloween series episode. Uh, but no, this Halloween was the bane of my existence growing up. Like, I could not hear the Halloween theme without instantly breaking down in terror. I couldn't see the Michael Myers mask without breaking down in terror. Like, it tortured me growing up. But I think what scared me the most made me love it. I, I ended up seeing the remake of all things and that made me say okay let's watch the original and i went this isn't that scary but it's fantastic and i love it now it's like I said, it's my favorite horror series um but no john carpenter's halloween is 
again, like Jaws, I think a perfect film. It is the epitome of how to make a movie with the lowest budget and make a hell of a movie with that budget. Um, I can't think of a more suspenseful film than Halloween. Maybe Psycho, but I think Halloween takes the cake. There's very there's very little gore in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only like four or five kills in the entire thing. And there's one only of a few awful. set pieces, even. There's only like a exactly. few. Yeah. There's, exactly. Uh, most of this film is all suspense. You would never see a movie that today made where using a scene like in Halloween where Laurie Strode is uh, her friends have been killed in the other house. We know that she doesn't to where she kisses the kids goodnight in upstairs. And then there's a like seven minute scene of her going outside, slowly walking across the street, going into the house, looking through the house and then finding her dead friends upstairs. That is like a five or seven minute scene. You would never get that now because movies don't have patience like that. And mm-hmm. what makes that scene scary and why it's so iconic is because that whole time you're thinking, where is Michael Myers? Mm-hmm. When is he going to pop out? And the fact that he doesn't till after she finds the bodies and then you have that iconic shot of him coming out of the darkness behind her. Oh my God. That is just incredibly scary. But that's why I think Halloween is so scary is because Michael Myers, he's a shape. He's the shape. That's what they called him in the script because he's the shape of evil. He's always in the background. That whole movie is known for, you know, keep your eye in the background because you'll see him. You know, shots where, you know, Annie walks across this way and you see him in the background behind the door. And then she walks back and he's gone. You know, um, it just puts you on edge. I mean, we always and then we I I have to bring up the scene where she doesn't look away and he disappears. Oh, yeah, that that doesn't bother me just because, yeah, it is what it is. But that is the one moment in the movie where that the realism is a little out the window. Yeah, literally, because she's looking out the window or maybe in that scene. I mean, he's just a figment of her imagination at that point. That very well could be because she'd seen him outside the school by that point. She'd seen him by the hedge. So it very well could be an instance of, you know, she's She's just just seeing seeing it because. She's seeing him everywhere, you know, but still a scary scene. He's standing behind those sheets. That's what I love about it is the first few times you see him in that mask, it's obscured or it's from far away. Right. Outside the school, he's standing behind the car by the hedge maze. He is uh, far enough away outside the window. The sheets are kind of in front of him like that. That's what's so good about Michael Myers is that first movie. They really keep him in the shadows. And that's what makes him scary. That's why he's the boogeyman. It's that great line at the end when Laurie says to Dr. Loomis, was, was that the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. You know, she he shoots him six times and you get that fantastic last shot of him looking outside and Michael's gone. Cue the iconic score, which, yes, let's talk about the score. Cody? Yes, John Carpenter is an amazing composer, which I... You don't see that often where the director is the composer. And I, I think John Carpenter... with such mm-hmm. a it, and it's such a simple theme it's like the same notes repeated a bunch of times and then you get like the big bass line and the powerful suspenseful chords just uh underneath it and i mean for it and it's infinitely recognizable i think this is one of those ones that when somebody hears it you know what it is even if you've never seen you know it's a scary movie that let's say that even if you don't know it's halloween even if you don't know what it's from that's a it's a it's a freaky tune because it's in that minor key it's um it's repeating it's ominous and it yeah the again the booming bass line of it the it it, you you hear it in the background or you've been hearing it in the background Um, (laughs) absolutely uh it's um no, I, I, I just, I still, I can't get over how simple it is, but how 
much it really it fits because Michael Myers is a simple villain, kinda. I mean, it's that's that's what's scary about him, and it it's a simple theme. But yeah, that's it. No, it's it's um, <laughs> it's it, and what's great is that he did that score in like like a day. You he originally what's that? You can almost tell, but 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 that's what's so great about it is how simple it is. He originally submitted that movie with no score. He showed it to the executives. They watched it and said, "This movie is not scary. You have to have music." And when he added that music, it blew them away and scared the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love that movie. That that music just instantly puts you on edge. And that's why I love that. That's the first thing you hear before any logo even comes up. It's a black screen and you hear the piano, and it's terrifying already it puts you on edge and puts you in that mood of like oh this is going to be creepy and it's it's really good the fact that it's a william shatner mask <laughs> just doctored to be a little creepy makes it even cooler it's just everyone's good in it. jimmy lee curtis you know her first big movie mm-hmm. and she's really good in it everyone's really fun in this and like i said we can kind of wind down the halloween talk here because we're going to talk about it in depth a few weeks from now but no it's uh it's my favorite horror film i love john carpenter's halloween to death i absolutely love it so yeah my number one cody's number two john carpenter's halloween from 1978 yes so with that, that is our list for this week. Um, as I say every week, if you get over to our Facebook page, Get Ranked We Podcast, you can comment there and tell us what you thought of our list this week. What are your favorite horror films? Let us know. What made your list? What didn't make ours that piss you off? Uh, yes, The Exorcist, on either of our lists. Oh, well, deal with it. Did you uh, see, head over? Oh, yeah? I just want to interrupt. Did you see the, the, the uh, message we got regarding our list from last week? Yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. I like Mrs. Doubtfire. I just like Mrs. Doubtfire. My top 10. Yeah. And that was a that was another hard week last week, like this week, where I had to kill some darlings. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's top 15 for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool. We like you guys commenting or messaging us and letting us know what you think of our list or what you would have on your list. Like That's really fun. I like thinking of something that like, oh, you know, that could have made my list if I'd have thought of it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, so head over to our website, getrankedmoviepodcast.com. Uh, you can find our shows there. You can find our store. You can get some merch, represent our show for us, and you know, let us know you like our show. That's always fun. Head over to iTunes, leave us a review. What you like about the show? What don't you like about the show? It actually does help our show when we get those reviews. So yeah, if you could do that for us, that would be fantastic. And now Cody has some ads. And jump scare. <laughs> Instead of the ads. <laughs> just, just like four seconds of silence then. <laughs> and then some ads <laughs> um get ranked a movie podcast would not be possible without DigitalOcean. all of our episodes are hosted there our website is hosted there you can get a 60 dollars account credit by using the link at the top of our website or going to get ranked moviepodcast.com slash digital ocean dynadot get your dot com dot org dot net dot whatever you can get a small account credit if you use the link at the top of GetRankedMoviePodcast.com or go to GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash Dynadot. Funko. Get 10% off your entire order when you use the link at GetRankedMoviePodcast.com or go to GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash Funko and enter offer code SHOP10. Blue Apron. Skip the store. Get fresh ingredients delivered straight to your home. Get $60 off your first three boxes when you use the link at GetRankedMoviePodcast.com or enter GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash Blue Apron. Okay, but now that's all out of the way, I think that wraps up the show for this week. Cody, did you like this week? Uh, <laughs> more yes, than I thought I would. 
oh, it's going to be fun. I got I got to cheat a little bit, and you didn't totally kick me off the show for my cheats. So I think that's no, a win. Okay. Absolutely. So as we said at the top of the show, this is the start of our Halloween Horror Month. Next week will be a, next episode will be another Halloween or horror themed episode. So look forward to that. And uh, so I think that wraps it up. So for the Get Right Movie Podcast, I'm Nick and I'm Cody. See you next time. <laughs>